know why these things are dry. Adam Curry, John C. Devorah. It's Thursday, February 16th, 2012. Time for Gitmo Nation Media Assassination Episode 383. This is No Agenda. Going generic here at Camp Mofo in the capital of the Drone Star State, Austin, Texas. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where you can't tweet anymore without hitting the feather button. Whatever is that? What's the feather button? I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Craig Bottom Buskill in the morning. I thought you couldn't hear me or something. You're like, you're just grumbling through my whole opening uh, spiel there. Like, I know you don't listen to me. That's okay. But, you know, I don't listen make, to you. Don't make it so obvious, man. So you no, can- JC comes barreling in. Buzzkill Jr. saying, you, you hit the feather button. Oh, that makes now. sense. You hit the feather button. That I must... said, what the feather button? I said, yeah, it's a little button. It's got a feather in it. Why? What is the thinking behind that? That's well, the a... feather apparently is a quill pen. Mm. Because everyone knows what a quill pen is. Of course. Of course. If they're over 80, <laughs> that would include me. <laughs> So, uh, anyway. Uh, in the morning to you, John. In the morning to you, Adam Curry. In the morning to all ships at sea, all boots on the ground. Yes, and of course, our uh, human resources all lined up in the chat room. As always, noagendastream.com, noagendachat.net. I think they have a new website, too, which is uh, so everyone's like, everyone's in, everyone's charged up, ready to go. And I played some nice, uh, relaxing music before we started to get everyone into a higher vibration state of mind as we fight evil today. And, of course, uh, always good to speak with you, uh, uh, John. And I think it, it uh, needs reiterating that we only speak twice a week, and it is on this show, and we never converse, rarely ever, outside of the well, program. Well, once in a while, but it's usually Asif gossip. It's usually Asif gossip. Asif gossip. Asif gossip. I don't know. No, that's after the I, show. I woke no, up no, with no. a pillow in my mouth. What? Whoa. A pillow in your mouth, and did your butt? Just, did your butt hurt? <laughs> you, you got roofied. Yeah, go on. <laughs> you got roofied. Um, no, we never, we never speak. We never email. That's not true. Oh, like maybe you wha- say the word never. Okay, extremely rarely. Yes, true. I, I might send you something that, unrelated to the show, like something funny, but that's about it. It's pretty rare in itself. Yeah. And why do we do that? Because we want to keep it fresh. And because... <laughs> I, I, that's the reason. No, it's because I don't want to talk to you. I'm done with you after the show. I think you're it's done like, with who, me, too. Who needs to talk to somebody for two and a half hours twice a week and then need to chat more? No, you don't. This is the perfect marriage. <laughs> no sex. <laughs> exactly. Limited like talk. No sex. <laughs> Limited talk. And then get the hell out. <laughs> Well, um, if you supported today's program, uh, the uh, No Agenda podcast, the best podcast in the universe, uh, by becoming an executive or associate executive producer, uh, you're going to get your money's worth once again. Yeah, apparently you've got some hot stuff lined up, and I've got some absolutely fantastic clips. So I'm telling you, why don't we break tradition and get the executive producers out of the way and keep that tease in play? Rock on. So we do have some executive producers we want to thank for uh, uh, producing, literally, today's show. Uh, uh, beginning with somebody around the corner from you somewhere, some anonymous guy in Texas who, who came in with $500 and said, a little value for value across the transom, please do not deduce me yet. 
but send some super karma to my brother so he gets the help he needs as he's going through a rough time right now. Yeah, that's, so That's lovely. It's lovely when you it goes, brotherly love brother. like that. Absolutely. Thank you, Anonymous. Appreciate You've it. You've got karma. How ominous is that? That Anonymous oh. that threatens to bring down the entire infrastructure of the Internet on in March. Yeah, well, you could be thrown in jail for using this name. Just for uh, using shortly. the name, yeah, anonymous. No, I appreciate Andrew it. Valencia, Vashon, Washington, 31416, without comment. Interesting uh, and then number. also Associate Executive Producers, John Henry in DeBerry, Florida, 240. Mark Myers in Abbeville, South Carolina, 21412. Well, that's the, uh, that's the Valentine's Day love. Valentine's that we Day wants to wish yeah. a Valentine's uh, benefits to one of his Valentines. Mark Smith, London, uh... England at two fourteen twelve, and the second one came in from Mark Smith, which he's going to have to confirm. Okay, so we don't know if it's double or you may hit the button twice. I have to get a hold of him. Okay, they say but those are executive producers and associate executive producers, and I want to thank them. And and my phone's ringing. Could you tell your broker that we're doing the show? Yeah. <laughs> this is the time on No Agenda. Then we dance. Yes. We dance. We dance. We do a little dance. We dance. We dance. We do a little dance. Wow. And John's just like completely gone. Heather in account services. She says that there's no concern. They just want to do a special deal for me and my credit card. And I don't know why I get these calls because I don't have a credit card. So no, neither do I. I can't get one. Nice. I can't get no Credit so Heather can card. wait. Heather can wait. Hey, hey huh? yeah, there you huh? go. There's a movie Come title on. for Good you. Stuff. Yeah. Anyway, I want to thank them and all the other people who uh, helped produce this show. Uh, go to Dvorak.org slash NA, uh, channel Dvorak.com slash NA, noagendashow.com and noagendanation.com and look for the donate button. We Dvorak. really appreciate this. Dvorak.org slash NA. Yeah, no, and uh, as I said, uh, you're going to get your money's worth. Everyone gets their money's worth, of course. Uh, on the program because uh, this is all we do is uh, sit around, not talking to each other, watching competing channels, trying to figure out what in the hell they're doing to us now, where the evil is coming <laughs> from. And we're quite uh, we're quite good at it. I Com- think we're getting better by the day. I agree. Uh, and it's I don't know what happened, but ever since the Leviathan Project, uh, if you haven't uh, heard of that, go to 381.nashownotes.com or leviathanpipeline.com, which is a... Uh, PR effort from one of our uh, producers, which is now forwarding to 381.nashownotes.com, leviathanpipeline.com, which is a great one. So easy yeah. to remember. If you said, you know, said, hey, you want to learn about something cool? Then go to leviathanpipeline.com. And I, I want to mention that you did, you know, when you came up with your uh, uh, thesis, which is actually reality, it's not much of a theory uh, at this point. Uh, the, and you still we, find a way to, to downplay it, no matter how good it is. It's just kind of reality. It's, not it's reality. It's not really but that great. I, I was always, I've been on the lookout for some confirmations of your theory. They're everywhere. Reports that They're even everywhere. though nobody, they report something, <laughs> and I, as soon as they do it, you can, and I'm sure our listeners do the same thing, go, ah! Yeah, I but know. this it goes right over their heads. I know. Boom. I know. Here, play this from Democracy Now. Can okay, and then I, I have a couple more. Um... I just want to reconfirm what you were thinking. Okay, well, well, what's the name of the clip? It doesn't confirmation of Curry theory. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Petition activists as the bombardment of the city of Homs continues for a twelfth day. 
Syrian tanks have reportedly shelled areas of Hama, Syria's fourth largest city. Raids against opposition activists have also been conducted in the capital, Damascus. In Humps, an oil pipeline was attacked earlier today, setting off a major blaze. <laughs> I know. I got a couple of clips as well that I have to play. I know. It's like, I mean, literally, it's like. I tripped on the stairs. See, the theory works. I mean, it's it's crazy. It's not a theory. It's reality. It's everything. Yeah, it's reality. It's it, I'm a reality theorist. Mm-hmm. No theory anymore. I mean, now they're, 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 they're right. reported and they don't they're even right. think twice about it. Yeah, I know. Um, then I want to, uh, here's one that everyone can go to. Go to southpole.nashownotes.com. I want to thank Yap and Marco of Solar Energy Belgium and Solar Energy, and that's NRG, November Romeo Golf, Netherlands and Belgium. Uh, they went to the South Pole and they took pictures. John, have you, did you check the site? Southpole.nashownotes.com. Do it quick because the server's going to get overloaded. Okay, South Pole. Uh, you, you're going to be late. You're going to be late. <laughs> you got it? No. Mm-hmm. Um, they sent two pictures. Uh, last week, we were just getting by at the South Pole to get as far from the compromised press as we could. Oh, no, I've seen these. Yeah, I got a copy. How these. awesome is that? And they took pictures in there and no agenda slave T-shirts. And they said, uh, I don't know if they, if they did, but they said this week we'll be donating a dollar for every ton of oil we spilled to get there with our vessel to make this picture. Approximately 100 tons of oil. <laughs> Yay. No agenda show. Killing the earth, bit by and bit. And, of course, the one guy's a goofball, and he puts the horns on the other guy in the photo. Yeah, well, and then always, look, if you're going to the South Pole. <laughs> you might as well you make might, a shot You might like as that. well. You might as well do it. You might you as know. well. And then Nick the Rat uh, checks in with some cool stuff. NAflyers.com. Uh, he has made uh, printable flyers that you can uh, cut out. And it's, it's the flyers that you, like, see on the telephone pole that has the little, you know, you make cuts in the... On the edge there, so you can tear off a, a, a little, oh, the little tabs, little tabs, you know, phone yeah, numbers yeah. at the bottom. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's a great site. Really good, Nick. I, that's I am going to uh, print some of those up and put them up around San Francisco. And he did one, but he, uh, Nick will have to redo this one. He said that's not a good question. It should be that's not a great question. Yeah. Um, so that he needs to redo that one. But it looks like he's got a little initiative there, and we highly appreciate that. And of course, uh, the initiatives of all of our other. Uh, producers out there, no matter what you're doing, uh, whether you're a donor or <laughs> you okay, go on. You whether you're a donor just, or a everything boner. you just you get you, you apparently can be stopped in your tracks. Well, when 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 unnatural sounds come through the the pipeline, it freaks me out. You know, it's like I'm like did, he didn't keel over, did he? I mean, I have no idea how you look. I mean, I don't know if you're doing okay or not. Do this yeah. on video. Yeah, <laughs> right. Everybody else, of course, you can go out and propagate our formula, which is extremely simple. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. New order. Wear your t-shirt at the South Pole. Shut up, slave. Yes. So do you want it or do you want to, do you, you know what? No, I'm going to let you go. <laughs> and then I got some funny, my clips tend to be more like real eye rollers and it's, but I, I know you have something more concise. Well, this is so incredibly big uh, and it just blew me away when, uh, is when this I see. Is bigger than Leviathan? No, Levi- the Leviathan is big. Uh, the Leviathan is the Leviathan, but this is. Yeah, well, not everything is big then. This is not as big. 
It's billion. It's billions and billions big. Does that help? Okay. Okay. So first, I have to ask you, and actually, I don't have to ask you because I know that you watched the Grammy Awards last Sunday. I know you did because I heard you discuss it with uh, Horowitz on uh, on your Unplugged show. I've only watched pieces of it. So you'll recall. Okay. You'll recall at the end of the last program, I said to you uh, that Whitney Houston was sacrificed. And I said, be on the lookout for all kinds of devil worship crap in the show. And lo and behold, we have Jennifer Hudson, which I also accurately predicted. Jennifer Hudson came out, uh, which Clive, you know, Clive Davis has been pushing. She does uh, the Whitney Houston tribute, which consisted of one song. And then right after that, and it wasn't even well produced. No, no, it was. Well, you know, it was just sucked. Her, yeah, sucked. Then right after that, Nicki Minaj. Oh yeah, we did see that. Come on, man! I mean, it, this was a this was a literal sacrifice performance. You know, <laughs> no, with it was. devils. What are you talking about? No, it wasn't. It was complete. No, I said it was. Oh, I'm I didn't sorry. Say yeah. it wasn't. It was Open a complete. It was a complete complete. Devil worship, and even the kids. My daughter's here. Like WTF? No one understood what this was about. No one, and I did. I'm like, yeah, of course. Because oh, you you expected it. I expected it, and I was and it was right after the tribute. Can it get any worse than that? I mean, can you, so it's a message. And what I've uncovered, uh, it's kind of irrelevant whether Whitney Houston was killed for this or whether this. Her death was used for this. But everything points towards assassination, and you take right into it. And I know it's sounding weird. I know it's sounding crackpot, uh, and we're going to get into the real serious stuff, but it's very important that, uh, that I was on the lookout. So, of course, Whitney Houston dies, and um, I'm watching uh, all the channels as usual, and, I, and I'm, I'm freaking out. My brain is in a knot, and I don't know if you had this. I'm like, wait a minute particularly CNN, but every single news channel is sitting there talking smack and bad about the pharmaceutical industry. Even Mickey, you know, who's, and she's clued in, but, you know, I'm trained. She's kind of, you know, she's, she's coming along. When she can snatch the pebbles from my hand, then she will be ready. Uh, she says, how can they do this? That's their number one source of income is the pharmaceutical industry. How could, they can't be doing this. And I'm like, there's, there's got to be something going on. There's got to be some form of scam. That This makes no sense. Did, did you feel that at all? Well, only uh, from the clip I have, which has got nothing. It, it's, it's only, it's, it's the pharmaceutical. Um, well, let's play your clip. Well, maybe that's good. Well, play my clip and see if it fits oh, in generic uh, no, terms no, you're not, no good. Forget about it. I'm not going to play your clip because you've, I will play it in a minute. It fits perfectly into what I've uncovered. Oh, my God. Fits perfectly. Thank you. Okay. So let me play some of some short clips here. Don Lemon, by the way, is telegraphing this big time. And, uh, and uh, I'm always listening for code words. And uh, so they send Don from Atlanta to Los Angeles. This is how important this is. Because Don has to, like, go and uh, figure out hey, what's going on. Hey, hey. And, and what do we know about the investigators who are questioning her doctors about these pills that they found in, in the room with her? Suzanne, not just questioning, they've issued subpoenas to doctors on the West Coast, on the East Coast. They want to know everything. Every single doctor who treated her ever 
ever, every single person who ever prescribed a pill to her, every single person who ever filled a prescription medication for her, they want to know because they want to be exactly 100% sure, clear, that she was not doctor shopping or pharmacy shopping. As we hear so much about in these celebrity cases, at this point they say it doesn't appear that, that any of that is the case. Everyone has been extremely cooperative and they, some doctors and pharmacists have been able to give them information that leads them to other doctors and pharmacies. But again, nothing appears out of the ordinary at this point, Suzanne. Okay, this is very important because I heard a, a meme in there. Did you hear it? Yeah. What is it? Doctor shopping. Doctor shopping. Whatever. Doctor shopping. I'm like, huh, this is something I've, I don't think I've heard before. Doctor shopping. You've and, heard it before. Well, no, and it turns out, yeah, but it was a couple of years ago. Then yeah. Dr. Drew comes on. And Dr. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> Dr. Drew is all... Attention, he, attention. <laughs> I know. Whoop, whoop, Stooge whoop, alert. Whoop, whoop. I'm just reported. At the level of consumption she was maintaining, it wouldn't take much of those benzodiazepine medications to support... Now, notice he's saying benzodiazepine or something like that. He's using the, the, the medical term. Suppress her respirations and cause her to stop breathing. One or two, potentially, could have been enough oh, to kill yeah. her, given what was reported. And let's remember, this is not, we're Xanax. not reporting this. Okay, now, that's uh, Aaron Burnett coming in saying, Xanax! And, and, and she's screwing it up. She's screwing it up. She's not on message. You're right. Is that... There was Xanax, lorazepam, uh-huh. and Valium. All Thank, he's he's like, oh, no, there's all kinds of stuff. Free from the same class. They should never be prescribed together. They should never be prescribed for an addict. And they were all in her bathroom. And if you add any of those to the alcohol, that can make you stop breathing. But I want to say one thing. Don is absolutely right. This should not in any way diminish this woman's life and career and what she is, the gift she has given us. But... But. I'm sick and tired of sitting here of reporting celebrities dying of pharmaceutical drug deaths one after tired. the other. How many when- times does he do it a week? <laughs> he's sick and tired of it. How many times has he done it? It's so he's just sick and t- well. Remember, he has the celebrity uh, rehab clinic, so it's important that you know he. Uh, I, I'm the celebrity guy. I'm sick and tired of these celebrities who do my reality show. Are we going to have enough of this? When are doctors going to be held accountable? Uh-huh. When are we going to not prescribe these kinds of medicines to people that have addiction? Okay, so Drew is on script. Aaron is not on script. All right, then something else starts to happen. Again, we go back to Don Lemon. Hmm. And as you and I have been talking about this, when we spoke yesterday and as we spoke earlier today, as sometimes they do get preliminary, he calls them prelims, where something will spike. Uh, and they, they check for amphetamines and, and illegal substances first, right? And, and prescription medications first. You know, if ibuprofen, that sort of thing, that's secondary. So they get spikes. And I asked him, I said, have you gotten any spikes, any prelims so far? He said, nothing, but we are expediting this investigation. Here's a weird thing. Hmm. You know, Brooke, how you and I have been talking, and we know because we've been in the news for information that hasn't been quite accurate. I love that. We've been in the news for information that hasn't been quite accurate. <laughs> I don't think he meant to say that, but it came out. Wow. wow. <laughs> Not on our behalf, but warning people about that information and mm-hmm. accurate. Okay, I'm like, what? My, what? Head is, my head is swiveling. I'm like, what? 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 Here it comes. Reporting. Ed Winter said, I've gotten calls from all over the world, Don, people hearing, hey, the DEA is going to be a part of this investigation because uh, prescription drugs are killing celebrities in Hollywood. 
I'm like, uh huh, okay, uh, right. Continue, Don. Oh, he wow. said the DEA not involved. <laughs> the rumors are out of control. What I've just reported to you, you and I've just reported here. Just the that's facts. That's what where it is at this point. Just the, just the facts. facts. Just, just the facts. facts just the facts. Thank you, Don Lemon. So whenever CNN says just the facts, I'm like, oh, okay. Now, now, and and I run to the Bat Cave. I'm down here in Camp Mofo, and I'm down here, and I got the satellite on. And uh, and then all of a sudden, this report comes through. It's, I'm just my my mind is now is, is like it's skewed up in a in a twisted in a knot. Hi Kate. Hi Jessica. Hello everyone. Good evening. Some news to catch you up on. A warning: If you or someone you love takes a drug widely used to fight cancer, the FDA is warning that a counterfeit version of Avastin is on the market. The fake version doesn't have the key ingredient that can block tumor growth. So far, the FDA has found 19 medical practices that have accidentally bought the fake Avastin from a foreign supplier. Now, there's no coincidence. If you actually Google Whitney Houston uh, fake drugs, you'll get tens of thousands of results of these two stories being on the same page at the same time. I'm like, huh, fake drugs, fake drugs. Okay. Um, then I start looking around. I find uh, Sanjay Gupta, who has done... No! A little- <laughs> the boys are out. The boys Stooge are out. Stooge alert. And Sanjay Gupta recently did this report for 60 Minutes. There's a new front in the war on drugs, and it's not the kind of drugs you might think. We're not talking about cocaine, heroin, or methamphetamines. This is about drugs that could wind up in your medicine cabinet. Counterfeit prescription drugs made with cheaper, sometimes even dangerous ingredients, such as highway paint, floor wax, (laughs) boric acid. By the way, that's in a lot of your prescription drugs anyway. Criminal counterfeiters will go to any length to evade detection. We found a shadowy network of criminals with made-up names, constantly changing locations, and lots and lots of money. An estimated $75 billion a year. So I'm like, that's a lot of money. Okay. Now, now, now I start to do my research. I'm like, okay, there's something going on here. And particularly when the LA Times is all over this reporting about these doctors, about the doctors... Uh, you know, they have to uh, they have to figure out the toxicology report with uh, something is uh, something's wrong. You know, it's all they're focusing on the drugs, focusing on the drugs, focusing on the drugs. I'm like, OK, I'll focus on the drugs. You're sending me in that direction. Um, we had discussed uh, several years ago why vaccines were going to be very important in the world. And. Uh, The reason for that is that 2012 is the year that many uh, of the big sellers of pharmaceuticals are going out of patent. And this means that uh, these companies, and and I've had clients in the past, uh, uh, we discussed the name, I forgot now, um, whatever. Uh, I've had clients who um, were pharmaceutical companies, and we'd build like websites for them. And when you go to their uh, their plant, it's like an oil factory. You know, it's 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 big mass production, but essentially they're just taking all kinds of you know minerals and stuff and mashing, cooking them up and mashing them together. And John, you can probably jump in any time because you know once you have no, the I formula, get a kick out of this. Once go you have on. once you have a formula, then you can make it. So these are patented, which means the formula is known. And what is happening is. Uh, and we've seen all these initiatives along the way of people of these companies trying to figure out ways to reclassify their drugs. Uh, just have one here today. It turns out that Champ- Chantix, 
the uh, the anti smoking drug that makes you crazy, which uh, of course also has a um, uh, a pharmaceutical name, um, which and it'll be going out of patent. Uh, oh, and now it also helps against alcohol addiction. We've seen uh, the Lipitor. Oh, Lipitor can now uh, help against uh, Alzheimer's. Now let's look at the money. The music business, the annual global revenues, seven billion dollars. The annual global revenues of Lipitor, ten billion dollars. So one product, one product. We discussed this before. Outsells all of the music business. Let's look at the global entertainment industry. We're going to lump movies in there. $180 billion. And that's DVD sales and all the stuff. $180 billion. 122 pharmaceutical products. 122. Result in over $800 billion in sales for the pharmaceutical industry. When you have... 10% 10% of those going out of patent. This is a big deal. The, and, and it's going to get progressively worse. And so what has been happening is people have been going online and they have been purchasing uh, generic drugs. Uh, you can get a drug uh, from a, uh, a pharmacy in Canada for 70 cents that you have to pay $70 for a brand name in the United States. And then all of a sudden... It hit me. I'm like, oh, my God, we were so duped by SOPA. We were completely duped because I went back and I looked at the list of lobbyists and who's on the list. Pfizer and uh, an organization called PHRMA, the Pharmaceutical uh, Association. And from the reports I have, and all this is backed up and documented in the show notes, 383.nashownotes.com, they poured millions of dollars into SOPA. And you'll recall when we read the bill, we kind of glossed over it because we were focused so much on this little puny industry compared to this huge industry that we really we kind of glossed over it because this is also about counterfeit drugs. You'll recall that it's in every single bill. So we were duped while the entire Internet were focused on the takedown of mega upload, which is really <laughs> in the in the scope of things. It's, you know, when it comes to... The entertainment business being ripped off, I mean, it's a small percentage of their overall revenues, but really it's nothing compared to this giant, giant industry. So then I'm like, huh, let me go look. And lo and behold, on February 14th, so this is the day after, uh, or two days after Whitney Houston died, Diane Feinstein from California, enters into into the Senate the Online Pharmacy Safety Act of 2011-2012. This is two days later. So you know me. I'm going to go hunt around and I'm going to go find out what's going on. I'm going to read the bill so you don't have to. First, I'm going to read you a couple of paragraphs from a letter from the National Association of Chain Drug Stores to the Honorable Diane Feinstein. I'm writing to offer our strong support for your bill, the Online Pharmacy Safety Act. Your legislation will take important and long overdue steps to protect the American public from unscrupulous Internet drug sellers that prey on <coughs> unsuspecting Americans by posing as legitimate pharmacies while deceptively selling counterfeit, adulterated or misbranded medicines. This is obviously an attack 
against people buying brand name um, prescriptions through overseas websites that sell generics at a much cheaper price. We're talking about billions and billions of dollars here. Your legislation will protect Americans against this growing threat by ensuring they have the resources they need to access safe and legitimate online pharmacies. The bill requires abiding pharmacy websites, uh, requires the Department of Health and Human Services to create a public registry of law-abiding pharmacy websites so the consumers who choose to purchase medicine online will have confidence in the source of their medicine. Additionally, the legislation would be uh, would update federal law regarding what constitutes a, quote, valid prescription. Very important. What is a valid prescription? Clarifying that both controlled and non-controlled substances require a valid prescription for purchase. And it's important to point out here that many of these blockbuster drugs are not necessarily controlled by uh, the FDA as in, you know, they're addictive. They're not all addictive. You know, the cancer drug, for instance, that you just heard. Oh, there's a counterfeit out there. Don't buy the counterfeit. Now I'm going to play your clip. I have not even heard it, but I'm going to play your generic drugs are not good clip, and I'm sure it's going to tie in beautifully. And finally tonight, a drug shortage problem and its impact on a critical treatment for childhood leukemia. Ray Suarez has our update. There have been more than 250 drugs declared in short supply in the past year. The latest worries centered around a pivotal one called methotrexate. Used to treat several kinds of cancers, methotrexate is considered essential in battling acute lymphoblastic leukemia among adults and especially among children. ALL is the most common form of cancer in children, affecting about 3,500 kids in the U.S. each year. Late last year, one of four U.S. manufacturers of the drug was forced to shut down a plant, triggering alarms that hospitals could run out of the drug within days. Perfect. This afternoon, FDA... Perfect. Perfect. Now, let me ask you, I'm going to stop you because you're, you're, you're beating me up here. Uh, what would you assume, and by the way, that forced to shut down a plant comment and then the New York Times or I'm sorry the Wall Street Journal article which uh, I'll quote from which is talking about Sibelius uh, says leukemia drug shortage will be resolved within two weeks somehow mm-hmm. uh, which is by the way not it's not there's there's issues with that um, it said the supply said the product starting running low after one of the company's manufacturers Benvenu Labs a division of some German company shut down a manufacturing plant in Ohio in November to address manufacturing problems with some products. So, so this is the this is the to me this all is all about making it look as if these because this is a generic product that's been around for fifty years. It's nothing new. It's to make the generic business look sketchy. I think you're on one track. I'm kind of on a different one with this with this what's going on with this drug thing. No, no, and, and, we're on the same. We're on the well, same what, what, track. What, what bothers me about this reporting is the reporting that's, that gets me. One is the problems, or oh, they had to shut, they're forced to shut down. This company in August of 2011 changed its business model and says, we are not going to be in the contract drug business anymore. We're going to 100% injectables. <laughs> okay. Keep that to the side for a second. Let me stay on track here. So I pull up the legislation introduced to the Senate. It's been in committee. 
It's ready to go. It basically it has to be introduced on the floor. They might have a little an hour debate, and then it's going to be passed. And uh, and I'll tell you why in a second. But I look at the legislation. So this is about online pharmacy. So what the press is doing, they are equating anything sold online, i.e. generics, particularly generics from Canada and other countries that make these generics and make them to benefit their human resources and citizens, to make them illegal. And I cite here from the legislation... This is about the, the definition of a valid online pharmacy and pharmacy website will have to be accredited by the United States National Association of Boards of Pharmacy. It will be a verified Internet pharmacy, and it will have to adhere to, among other things, this one. Prescription drugs ordered, sold, dispersed, distributed, supplied, or provided through or by the online pharmacy website can only be sold, dispensed, distributed, supplied, or provided solely by by dispensing pharmacies that are domiciled in the United States. Goodbye, Canadian drugs on the Internet. Goodbye. It's over. Then the online pharmacy will have can only exist and be valid if it has valid prescriptions, which means a, a representative of this domiciled U.S. company will have to have had at least one face-to-face meeting with the, per, with the patient, which, of course, completely obliterates the whole idea of an online pharmacy for generic drugs. So we have a beautiful setup, beautiful where the media is convincing you that fake drugs or, and you hear, you heard the report, drugs that don't have as much of the active ingredient may vary just a little bit. Yeah, there's all this counterfeit stuff, but it's a $75 billion business. We're talking about 10%. 10% of Americans shop online, all this documented, shop online uh, for their drugs. They are completely setting it up so that generics equal counterfeit well they're definitely making the association and they're going after the generic business and as you suggest they all these things are coming out of patent and so the generic guy should be making money so why would a company like benvenue which is in cleveland decide back in august to stop being in the generic business unless they were given a clue that this is not where it's at we're going to injectables and not vaccines which relates back to your other uh commentary Mm -hmm. uh and they say we're shutting down the whole place and we're going to take these lines out and we're going to put in these. And the injectable, by the way, this generic injectable that they sell for the leukemia kids is an injectable. And they have to, and they do have that line partially running so they could keep up with the demand for that product at a higher price, obviously. But this was all announced way in advance. This company was not forced to shut down. No. This is all bull crap. That's, and well, it's very simple, John, because if you if you type into Google... Pfizer acquisition, you'll see that Pfizer, who makes Lipitor, Pfizer, who makes Xanax, Pfizer, who makes all of these big drugs, they've been acquiring companies left and right. So so they are going to become the big monster behemoth, and there'll be no other company that can be in the pill business. So that's why these other companies are saying, oh, shoot, we're going to go off to the vaccines. Now, here's here's what we're going to look out for, because my proof is going to happen. So we need to pass this. Passing this bill means that generics are just done with because no company in America is going to be selling generics. The valid prescription will, and I have the definition here, 
The valid prescription contains the signature from the doctor, all the things you'd expect, but also the brand name, the brand name of the drug being prescribed. Brand name, not the generic, just give me some uh, lipolipolipopam, but it has to actually say Xanax or Lipitor, etc. Right, which is which relates back again to poor Aaron, who drops the Xanax bomb. Exactly. In that piece, and the guy had to jump all over her. No, it's not just Xanax, it's blah, 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 that's why I'm using Using the generic name. So now, why all of that a was, sudden? That was so why quite, all funniest clip? Now, now he well, this funny or not? So you'll see reports, and they're unsubstantiated. Uh, pharmaceuticals, the number one killer of of Americans. Now I know a lot of people who are taking pills. Half the country is on pills. They're not all dying left and right. It's not true. Now I don't think it's a good thing to be taking pills. But people are not dying left and right. They're not ODing on this stuff. And they don't all of a sudden stop breathing and slip into the bathtub. And then I went back and said, hold on a second. They're focusing on the drugs. They're focusing on subpoenaing all, sending subpoenas out to all the doctors and pharmacies. Why? Because in this legislation. Why? Because. We will have a registry database. So when... And it will be mandatory. You cannot go. And it's already happening in every single one of the 50 states. They've already passed this legislation. It's all in the show notes. They by March 1st, March 1st. This is the date. Every every pharmacy, every doctor has to be in this federal database. What you have been prescribed. And this is I mean, let's go back to the doctor shopping. So they're saying, well, because Whitney Houston might have been doctor shopping, this is very, very bad doctor shopping. Oh, this is, uh, you know, this uh, we're going to have to have some legislation, I think, for this doctor shopping. How do you combat doctor shopping? By creating a federal registry so that so you can't be overprescribed with medicine. Now, that, of course, is bull crap because every doctor is happy to, to give you as much as you can eat. It's just you only get it from one guy, not from multiple guys. But it will only be for a valid prescription from a U.S. provider, a U.S. company, a U.S. pharmacy with a brand name as part of the requirement for a valid prescription. Now, this is very interesting. Pierce Morgan is in on this. He knows that it's coming. And he interviews Rick Santorum. And this is kind of a double whammy because it shows Rick Santorum is completely out of the loop. He doesn't know shit. He has not been clued in. Which just proves that right now he's just kind of being, you know, gussied up to look pretty for the reality show. No, he's, no it's a, he's gussied up so they can keep this race tight as they can to yeah, spend the ratings, more money. For the ratings, of course. That's what I'm saying. I mean, gussied up and look pretty for the, for the reality show. Pierce Morgan knows, and he tries not once but twice to get it out of him. But, he, but Pierce doesn't realize that uh, Frothy Mix is not in. America's losing a lot of big stars to uh, prescription drugs. Michael Jackson, Whitney Houston now, it appears the same. Notice how they're bringing in all the, you know, Michael Jackson, I and mean, come on, uh, if we're even going to believe the real story that, they, that they've told us, it wasn't because of doctor shopping. Yeah, yeah, get back to it. In Britain, Amy Winehouse and so on. And there is a growing sense that there needs to be some new kind of regulation uh-huh. to stop this uh, kind of... Ep- uh, really? Was there a growing sense? Has this been discussed in newspapers and panels everywhere? Is this like um, everyone talking about this? Epidemic of uh, a celebrity... Epidemic? Being able- Wait, hold on a second. Epidemic. The, when, did, when did Michael Jackson die? 2009. 
So once every two years, some one person famous dies, and this is what is, constitutes an epidemic? No, it's what was written in the teleprompter. Ah. Celebrity being able to get to lots of different doctors and having lots of different prescriptions and nobody actually knowing how many they're getting in totality and this leading to these awful deaths. What do you think? Well, I mean, you know, you uh, see this problem on uh, the uh, on the screen where uh, folks who are very famous, uh, uh, and as you know, I mean, you know, in your own country, you, you go back into the uh, examples of... It's so great because you can hear, he's like, what is this question all about? I don't... Uh, uh, why are they asking uh, no, no me one, this? No one prepped me on this one. First, listen. When, uh, when, uh, when the aristocracy, you know, changed he's, their... He's going uh, off the rails. Behavior. He's going off the rails. He's equating our celebrities to, to a royalty. He's going... To, he has no, no idea how to answer the question. Since celebrities are the aristocracy of America. They're the, uh, they're, the, they're the kings and the queens and the princes of our society, and really? they have a huge impact. We have a president, you know, the idiot. The, the thing you're trying to run for, you know? On, on the rest of society, uh, much more than any other group, certainly much more than a politician does. And, certainly. And, and that's why this is so disturbing. And Pierce Morgan is sitting there going like, Oh my God! He didn't understand. He didn't get the cue. Did someone not brief that, this guy? You see, in a sense, the the royal get me of the America, producer. Uh, well, what setting, is Santorum thinking? Example. He'll try and, it again. And being troubled by these things, then uh, obviously it's oh, going to have a downstream effect and a very harmful downstream effect. So uh, I, I don't. I wish I could say I knew the answer there, but I don't know the answer because I didn't understand the question. There are already prescription drugs. Obviously, you know, uh, healthcare providers have a responsibility as prescribers of those things and. Insurance companies as well as doctors, and and looking at those prescriptions, looking what what you know the utilization of these. Drugs. He, he, so he's smart enough to kind of figure out that there's something going on with the prescriptions, but he's still not clued into the legislation. Drugs, and of course, doctors themselves to to uh, to, to practice the Hippocratic oath. Of Try, it again. Harm. Try it again. Try it again. Try it again. There should be perhaps a new look at this. There should be some more controlled regulation <laughs> of this to stop this uh, sort of. Accepted uh, practice over there, where you can almost go to twenty doctors if you want to. Uh, well, it's it shouldn't be accepted practice. No, so he doesn't know, and I, I won't bore you with the rest of his non-answer. So he's not in on it. He doesn't know what Pierce Morgan does. He knows it's coming. And here's the, here's the timeline. So we have by March first, all pharmacies in all fifty states have to be a part of this federal registry. They've done this at a state level. We have Diane Feinstein. Who, of course, as we know, she's completely, completely uh, in the loop, and she's very, very powerful. She introduces this legislation into the Senate. This has to get wrapped up in basically a month, right? In in one month, we have to get this whole thing wrapped up, and we have and we have to have the president passing the legislation. So we've got to move kind of quickly to get this all going, so that then. We basically have complete control of the drug supply of the legal drugs, no longer generics because they're evil and bad and they're scary, no longer getting generics through um, uh, websites of online pharmacies outside of the United States. So everybody can continue on their merry way making you know, $10 billion a year just for Lipitor by itself. And that's, a, that's a lot of money. And Don Lemon, once again, gives it away as to exactly what the timeline is. Well, they wait to get more information. 
from the doctors and from the pharmacies. And they say at this point, everyone is cooperating that they've reached out to. And as far as those toxicology results, they have expedited them, Nancy. Oh. Instead of six to eight weeks, they're hoping for four to six weeks, <laughs> maybe sooner to get the results. Because then the president will do a big press conference and he's going to say, you know, this is horrible. This uh, doctor shopping, we can't have this happen. Our lovely songbird, Whitney Houston, died from this. Let's never have this happen again. We love our celebrities, but it's also important for the children. I've signed the legislation. Hello, pharmaceutical companies. You're good to go. Now, could we find someone to kill Whitney Houston if tens of billions, if not hundreds of billions of dollars were at stake? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I think you could have done the whole bit there in about 15 minutes, but I get it. The pharmaceutical companies are out to fuck us. And they killed Whitney Houston for it. I, it's a possibility. I, I know that this all this kind of crazy stuff's going on, and there's something fishy about, especially this shortage of the leukemia drug, the, the connection to the vaccines, the, the, the hatred of generics and all the stuff coming off John, patent. I'm it's looking all the stuff coming off patent. Yeah, I'm looking, yeah, I'm looking at the actual legislation. Yeah, well. And the legislation cuts out all the generic sales. It's, a, it's what drug dealers do. You kill off your competitors. Shoot them. The only solution to this, of course, is single payer, and I can discuss that in a different show. I, do you have any more on that? No, I, I just want. Because I had the really the big story. I, uh, so I just want everyone to be on the lookout for this. Oh, by the way, one more thing: if they're really brazen, if they're really, really brazen, they'll say that Whitney had received some counterfeit medication and that's no, they, won't have. they don't need to do that they're already if you do what you've did, uh, already uncovered this is already a done deal they don't need to do anymore but, but would it be funny if it, if they did then they're then they're just bragging <laughs> hey well look at the Nicki minaj uh, sacrifice uh, performance they're already bragging dude all right what's your story man okay so we talked about this on a previous show about the mormons baptizing the dead <laughs> yes <laughs> this is the story <laughs> Cool. So they're baptizing the dead. So it turns out that so Lawrence O'Donnell on the last word on MSNBC's on the case. Mm. And it's a big deal because apparently a lot of Jews have been baptized after death. And it's a scandal. Play a Mormon baptism of Jews after death clip. This morning, the Romney campaign woke up to a Washington Post headline that cannot be countered by a Romney super PAC attack ad. The headline said, Elie Wiesel calls on Mitt Romney to make Mormon church stop proxy baptisms of Jews. That's right. The Mormon church baptizes Jews against their will and without their knowledge after they are dead. The Mormon Church also baptizes people of many other religions after death and without their knowledge. A spokesman for the Mormon Church told us in an email today, the foundation of the doctrine comes from Latter-day Revelation through Joseph Smith, who was the founder. Now, what was that about you can't say something negative? What was that? Oh, that, you know, he had a, he's very disconnected and that actually hadn't, I should have just clipped that off. Okay. The more important thing is apparently, and, and, Against their will. Yeah. <laughs> Which is the person is dead, okay? Yeah. So there is this against their will and without their knowledge doesn't really apply to a corpse. Unless you put it's, it unless you put it in your will, which says 
You I, could do that. Yeah, don't baptize me. Then it's don't against baptize me. Then it's against your whatever will. the case. So this is a big. Now you have to remember that MSNBC viewers, generally speaking, and I and we believe the same to be true about Obama. There are a bunch of atheists. Yeah. So why do they even give a crap about this? And who cares? And and then the other thing is that everybody thinks the Mormons are a bunch of crackpot screwballs. I mean, and they hate them. And so what difference does it make what they do unless they actually believe there's something going on? So you're, oh, no, you know, you're, you're yeah, sitting there's around. A, there's and, a reason for it. There's a reason this is on television. There is a reason for the report. Well, the reason is because they want to just, you know, sidetrack uh, the, the the Mormon. But but this whole thing about the Jews being baptized after death has now become this big issue, at least amongst some some people in New York, but play uh, part two and we can get a little more into it. ...of the church. By standing in as proxy for someone who has died, often one of his or her own ancestors, a church member, may be baptized on behalf of that deceased person. In Latter-day Saint belief, a person who has died retains the right to make choices in the next life and acceptance of the baptismal rite opens the way to continued progression. Don't baptize me, bro. <laughs> so, so do they actually believe this magic is actually, do, I mean, does, does Lawrence O'Donnell actually think something happened? So you're sitting around in heaven and then you get baptized by a Mormon and they drag you out of there and throw you into the Mormon heaven. That's kind of what he's thinking. Wait a minute, does, so that, let's go, does that work if, if, if I'm in hell? Yeah, and, and pull I get, you right out. Oh, okay. Oh, well, you have my attention. Okay. Mormons part three. Two friends of mine, one of them Holocaust survivor, was together with me and Michelle in Auschwitz. We learned about a procedure in, in, in the Mormon church. Uh, I think 600,000 or 650,000 dead Jews were converted posthumously. So we began uh, protesting. It, it, it took us two years until it worked out and they stopped it. Wait a minute. And then this week, a researcher found Elie Wiesel's name on a list of people to be baptized after their death. So 650,000 Jews who died at Auschwitz, I think he said, were yeah. baptized oh, posthumously yeah. after their death. Yeah. That's a lot of uh, baptisms. Oh, I don't know how you could read that many names, but... I think it's bogus, by the way. And the last clip, which is part four, I think confirms this. Because if you remember part two, it very clearly said that the Mormons, if they, they, they do, this is why they have all those uh, genealogy sites. It, if they find a relative, someone they're related to, uh, they can go back and have them baptized. So, so somebody has to be related to these people. I mean, that's part of the, the litany. That's, it's that's, not, the, that's the gig. You just can't Got just it. say, hey, I'm going to make no, no, Adam no, yeah. baptize Adam. I don't, you're not related to me. I can't do that. But it could be your great-great-grandson. It could be, and they mm -hmm. might have a lot of relatives, but a lot of people don't have relatives. I don't know. Let me think of one. Uh, well, play part four, and one of them is mentioned. Questions on this to the Mormon church. Over the years, Mormons have baptized an untold number of dead people, including Anne Frank, Adolf Hitler, Joseph Stalin, various presidents of the United States, and more recently, Barack Obama's <laughs> mother. Whoa! Okay, so <laughs> let's just... <laughs> so let's look this over. Wait, was she Jewish? Hitler... Hitler, whose kids, who, what kids, did? what did Hitler, where, what was Hitler Jr.? What Mormon is related to Hitler? The boys from Brazil, of course. I mean, give me a break. What Mormon is related to, this is bullcrap, this story. This is just nothing more I than. I love a, that. 
but, but, a but, little but, introduction <laughs> into the wackiness of the Mormons. Hitler. <laughs> Hitler? If, if you were the so dis- Hitler's in hell, if and you- some Mormon <laughs> decides to baptize him, the guy shows up in heaven. Hey, what am I? Look at this. I'm all forgiven. I'm here in heaven. Yeah, because uh, this makes sense to anybody. My great grandson uh, was walking around. He's not on television. He, he, talk about a reality show. We can get a hold of that guy. That's better than the Octomom. So I so was Hitler's Lawrence, kid. So Lawrence O'Donnell is just beside himself over this scandalous behavior <laughs> of the of, Mormons. Of Mormons. Crazy Mormons. The dead against their will. Crazy Mormons. Wow. Yeah, anyway, I thought it was just uh, it was just like an, the eye roller of the month. The interesting thing, though. What an idiot this guy is. Is that um, I know a lot of Mormons. Yeah, and, I do, too. And they're like, like, there's nothing wrong with them. Just like everybody else's this baptism thing. Yeah, but they don't so put any crazy pro- sit on shit on me. It's just like, yeah, whatever. Now, just to prove, I do have another clip that's got nothing to do with the Mormons, but it's just to prove that Lawrence O'Donnell is an incredible douchebag. He makes the following assertion, which I think he was serious when he said it. He's talking to Rick Santorum's uh, press or either the press woman or the one of the people in the campaign. And he says this. And this is a guy on a news in a news organization. And what he says really should get him fired immediately. We think all the polling data indicates that Rick Santorum is way to the right of where the country is. And if we have that debate of Rick Santorum's America versus Barack Obama's America, Barack Obama's America is going uh, to win in a big way. But in order to get to that debate... Excuse me, I choked on my coffee. And Rick Santorum has to get the nomination. And I, I want to help in any way I possibly can. Tell your candidate that he can come on this show anytime he wants. And I promise him, I will lob him the easiest anti-Romney softballs that anybody's ever thrown at him for as long as he wants to stay here. Because I want to see him debating real American conservatism on that stage okay. against President Obama. Well, what else do you expect from your news media? I'll, I'll just lob softballs at you. What Give him a douchebag. He's a douchebag. Hit him. Total douchebag. Douchebag. That's what that's, he. That's what he does. Is is what? Oh, wow. That was the most. I was. I, my jaw dropped when I heard a guy on a network station of cable say that he would do something like this in all seriousness. I mean, he was just as serious about this as he was about the Mormon baptisms of dead people. Clip of the day. Nice one. Yeah. Well, there's more going on with that. You know, Dave Mustaine. Who uh, now, Dave Mustaine? You know who he is? Yeah, the name sure rings a bell. Now, if you go look in your uh, CD uh, cabinet, you'll uh, pull out your Megadeth collection. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, here it is. Yeah, there you go. I have a whole wall of Megadeth. So um, it, this is a guy who has who appears regularly on Alex Jones's show, and is always you know about the the evil uh, the Illuminati. I mean, Megadeth has done some out just really you know they have the entire songs that are about shut up slave and. You know, uh, go stay in your homes. Everything will be okay. I mean, the, the, the Megadeth is known as being on our side, and if anything, he should be a big Ron Paul supporter. But what comes out now? For the first time ever, the heavy metal band Megadeth makes our political ticker. 
Founder and lead singer Dave Mustaine is endorsing Rick Santorum for president. He says he was impressed by Santorum's decision to leave the campaign trail to be with his sick daughter and how he's avoided attack ads against his rivals. Mustaine says he previously supported Newt Gingrich, but became disillusioned. Really? What? I know. It's like, what? Are you kidding me? Either wow. either it's a lie, because I haven't heard it out of his own mouth, or, or they got to him. They said, Mustaine. Do you see Whitney Houston? If, you're next. We're going to kill you, man. We're going to kill you <laughs> if you're. And yeah, but here goes his sales. I mean, you can you can go ahead and just remove all of your. Uh, oh yeah, I'm taking them out of, off the shelf now. I'm burning them. I'm burning my Megadeth CDs. I'm going to just sell them used. I'm going to smoke them. I'm, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's stay on the presidential uh, GOP X factor for a minute here. Doug Weed. Uh, was out once again, and uh, very interesting if you just want to be inside of politics. Of course, in in the rest of the world, let alone in the United States, no one understands how this works and how the delegates work. It's a very complicated, convoluted process, and really is completely meaningless what's going on right now. But Doug Weed, I'm getting respect for this guy. Uh, he comes on, I don't know, whatever whatever show it is, and it's very interesting. And this is falling in uh, in your reality, not theory, but your reality. That, of course, this is all the, the entire beauty contest reality show that we're seeing before us is really just to get millions and millions and millions of dollars into the coffers of the media. So here we have some prostitute interviewing uh, Doug Ooh. Weed. And Doug is basically saying, hey, we're playing money ball with this. You know, all all of this is a show. And it's just to make you happy. Uh, what he's not saying literally is uh, to give you money for, you know, to, for your coverage and for your commercials and all that. Uh, we're just getting the delegates and we think we're going to win on that. But the prostitute actually, it, you know, she like counters him on it. You know, like, oh, really? Oh, really? I think you need us. Nevada, and they will move on to the district, or in some case, the counties, and then to the state, and we will own those delegations. Hmm. Uh, so we, why spend our money on a beauty contest to impress the media? We, we won CPAC the last two years well, in a row. Which why is do my it again? Point. So, Doug, why didn't you guys go back to CPAC, though? I mean, this is... Because, you know, why did you spend some money on it, Doug? The election year. The last because two years were not, were not. There are no delegates at CPAC. We are winning the battle of delegates and nobody seems to notice it but it is a delegate strategy for example new york times comes out with a story that rick santorum has 37 delegates mm -hmm. it's so confusing and it's so inaccurate that the rnc actually produced a memo sent it out monday to explain who all the had who <laughs> rick santorum had three delegates really the new york times made a mistake that can't be possible there have been <gasps> no delegates chosen in iowa well, in nevada yet in minnesota in missouri in colorado and in most of those states, we think we've won. And oh. our delegates, we can give them names and addresses. The others are in the in the minds of the writers. Okay, now, Doug, look, part of what's been going on with Ron Paul, it has been a message campaign. So if he does not... So now comes the threat. ...end up being the nominee. Don't spend money on us. He's not going to wind up being the nominee. Who do you think has the greatest potential to carry on Ron Paul's message? Well, let me, we're not ready for that.
that yet. We're not there yet. For example, I, I just mentioned to you, we have won uh, Maine. Whether we come in first or second or third in the beauty contest, uh, put yourself in our shoes. Wh why should we dump $3 million into television advertising to yeah. win a beauty contest? I love it. Doug is good. Doug is saying yeah, he's good, but he's cutting his own throat. Well, listen. In Maine, when the candidates, that, when, the, when the delegates there are unbound. So whether we come in first or third, well, that's important to you, and it's important briefly for fundraising if you're a Santorum because you need the money. It does not add to your aggregate delegate total. We believe right now, if you sat down at the kitchen table, Alex, and you parceled out where these delegates are going, uh, we are in the hunt. We may be in first place in delegates when all of this is processed from Iowa, from Minnesota, from Colorado. And all we right. can show you precinct now listen to her. by precinct how we put that together. We may put you to that. Thank you very much. We may put you to that. We will have to make you pay us. You what are we going to do about this, guys, what they're saying? This guy's still running. Oh, this yeah. guy's giving us no money. And he's playing Moneyball. So um, there was a couple. I thought it was an anomaly that took place with Ron Paul, which was just a real eye roller. The During CPAC, the, uh, some of the Tea Party people invited a bunch of the uh, uh, Occupy people in for free beer. And so they all had a good time yakking with each other and having a really good time. There's a bunch of clips of this. Yeah. And then before the, uh, and, and did, by the way, and here, let me just give, let me just jump ahead and ask you a question, which is year after year after your CPAC, which is the Conservative Political Action Committee that has a big meeting in Washington, D.C., every year it annoys everybody that one guy continually wins the straw poll. Yeah, that would be. Um Gee, who is that guy? Um, yeah, very conservative guy. He, yeah. These conservatives, these guys that go to CPAC love him. Let me, Ron Paul. Yeah, that's the guy that Every wins. Every year wins it. <laughs> yeah. This year, who wins it? Romney. Yeah, of course. <laughs> How does Romney win the CPAC straw poll? Well, let's go back again. They brought all these guys in to the have occupiers. a big Mm -hmm. All these occupiers, who would, if they were allowed to vote, they would uh, obviously vote for Ron Paul because that's the only guy. They could. So they had to roust them. So they took the security people and they took everybody who wasn't wearing a tie <laughs> and gave and them beer? removed them from oh, the they building, threw them out, right? <laughs> Which of course is like a, it's like a, it's like a dragnet. So you sweep out all because you have, can't have the occupy in for the straw poll. But meanwhile, how many people that vote for Ron Paul are wearing a tie? So they ended up rousting everybody and rigging this vote. And Romney wins the CPAC straw poll. Nobody can, talks about this 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 moment where they made people leave. You know the security, Wait, man, and then, and, or or talks about the fact that there's no way in hell that Mitt Romney can win at this at this event. Are you telling me there's gambling going on there, John? Unbelievable! Yeah, and some lawyers are crooked. I think we need uh, this. Is actually you make a very good point about the tie. I think uh, having a tie, wearing a tie, saves you from uh, scorn and murder. Maybe we should have. We should be wearing ties. Should, well, we'll do the show. We should have a tie. Oh, you've yeah, got a tie. Yeah, on. I got my tie on. Yeah. And, hey, and, I'm a tie collector, literally, yeah. and I, so I, I don't have a problem with wearing ties. Can you send me some ties? No, I, well, I can send you a tie. Yeah, well, send me a tie. I mean, I need to be wearing a tie if you're out. If you're outdoors, I think you know you should just go. Think to about Google. this. They never kill the guy with a tie, do they? No, the ties are, you got to have a tie on. If, if, if No matter who's, I mean, Obama wears a tie. Romney yeah. wears a tie. There's some Ron Paul guys that don't wear a tie. i gotta, I got to get me a tie. We need some no agenda ties. 
Now you're talking. No agenda ties. <laughs> no agenda. You know, ties. there used to be a tie. A green. In fact, I still have it because it's one of the things I collected years ago. This came out in the late 70s and it was sold all over. It's usually sold at like, you know, Fisherman's Wharf in San Francisco. And it's a big, is a long green tie with a cute little design on it. And if you held the tie at a slight angle, the design said, fuck you. It was called the, the, the was, fuck you tie. The fuck you tie is very famous. And so uh, you might do well. Or we could maybe come up with some no agenda, you know, ties that, that look like a nice design. But if you tilt it, it says no agenda show. Yeah. Have, you well, know, well our, our wonderful artists who always provide us with great art at no agenda art generator dot info. I'm sure that they can come up with something like that. Some we look at it. You know, if you look at it from a certain angle, you see it or. But I think it's necessary. It, it, it will be not only a protectionary mechanism, but it will also be a signal, much like our challenge coins. Yeah, we need a signal like the challenge coins. We will have a contest and we'll, we'll pick some. We need to put up a little website or somebody needs to put up a little website. Noagendaties.com. I'm sure someone Noagendaties.com. And then you have these designs in there and they will have a popular vote and then we'll have them manufactured somewhere. Love it. Yeah, and good. then we won't get arrested or pushed out of the building when they're voting for uh, right. the straw poll. Or shot in the middle of the street. Uh, you, no, you won't get shot. You'll look like, uh, yeah. And in fact, all the, the the look will be, by the way, when during the Romney run, is going to be the Mormon missionary look. You know, the little tie. And you, well, it's the Mormon. You to, I'm not going to do the bicycle part. But, you know, a suit and tie and a what bicycle. Mean, what do you mean the bicycle? The Mormon missionaries are always floating around town in bicycles. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, when you see a guy well-dressed in a suit and tie with a pal, there's always two of them at least, and they're on bicycles, those well, are Mormons. You should, they should upgrade to smart cars. No, I think uh, it would be, be funnier than one of those uh, Segways. <laughs> on the Segway with the tie. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> That's a look I'm going for. That, it's a good look. It's a very good look for you. <laughs> oh, man. So anyway, that's, uh, yeah, the ties. I think we should do that. And we just have to think about ties. Next year is the year of the tie. The year of the tie, yeah. That's a good idea. It's uh, it's good for us. It's good for our health. But, by the way, I do have a last clip Whitney Houston thing, just to, to throw back a little bit because it's slightly humorous. Okay. Uh, this was on the news hour and it was like some guy who used to produce her, I guess, and then he went on to become a singer himself. And he's like a... A Christian, really a positive. This guy's guy, he's like a Tim Tebow character. I don't know his name, but he is such a positive guy that he relates a story that I'm going to, you can listen to the story and you inter interpret it the way you see it would actually be. And then, of course, you listen to the way he sees it. He went and he was doing something with Whitney and she said something to him and then they became a singer. And he, he thinks he's just so great for this. But listen to this and tell me if you can get the real subtext of this story. She was always connected to her faith and never lost that. And I do believe that, do believe. that she's in heaven because she'd never lost her relationship with God. And what of her legacy or her, her impact or influence on other singers? Where, where do you see it today? Well, I'll tell you her influence on me. When I was actually producing her Christmas song, she there was a note I wanted her to hit in the bridge and to take it a little bit more to church, to take it a little higher. And she looked at me and she said, Gordon, I think you want to do what I do, baby. I think you want to do what I do. And I said, what do you mean by that? She said, I think you want to sing, and if you want to sing, that you should go for it. And really, sure enough, sure enough, that was the kick that I needed. And I came to New York from Atlanta and began recording the first of my three solo albums, the first album, Introducing Gordon Chambers. 
What a PR whore. Now, no, but listen, listen to the story again. Yeah, the story was he's, not he's, played. He's, no, no, the story is that he he sang the note, not Whitney Houston. No, the story goes like this. She's a douchebag. If, if you listen to the story again, it goes like this. Hey, Whitney, can you hit a higher note? And she says, if you, you think, think you can you do that can better, do better, you think you can do better? You think you, you, can, think do you better? can do better? You want to be a singer, don't you? Why don't you go be a singer? This is the same <laughs> thing all artists do. <laughs> oh, you know what you want? Really? You, you, you want me to do that? Why don't you do it, yeah. douchebag? Yeah. That is what she was saying. She was telling the guy to fuck himself. <laughs> <laughs> and he's saying, well, she gave me some advice to become a singer. <laughs> Which was basically, you, you show me, do it better, bitch, biatch. Yeah. I thought that the that interpretation of that story was so, it was like taking the worst characteristics of somebody who does that, which is you think you can do better, which is what she said, uh, and saying, well, that's positive. Yeah, maybe I can. <laughs> Guy's gotta, this guy's got to be like the nicest Why, yes. guy in the world. You're Why, an yes. a-hole. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> oh, thank you. Let me take that and see if I can make a lemonade out of it. <laughs> Unbelievable. Anyway, I just found that yeah, clip to be wow. And then the, the idiot from uh, NewsHour, he doesn't say anything about it. No, of course not. It's NewsHour. It's your national treasure. It's PBS. You don't think he was... I would have said... When she said that to you, you didn't think she was insulting you for suggesting she hit a note that she apparently couldn't hit? Yeah. But that's why I'm sitting here talking to you. Yeah, that's why we're not uh, in New York about to release our third album. I picked up... uh, So let's get back to the uh, Leviathan and what's going on with, uh, with Syria. Because a lot of... And it's not... It's all related to Iran, of course, as well. Um... You had that Syrian pipeline clip. Uh, Here's my Syrian pipeline clip. And you saw how it's nighttime now in Syria. It's actually uh, just before 11 o'clock there, 11 o'clock at night. But uh, much earlier, darkness clouded the city. In fact, these are images. This is the daytime. Look at the sky. Pitch black. That is because of this oil pipeline explosion. Opposition activists say the Assad regime is to blame. But the government has a different story. The government has a different story. Why would the Assad people... (laughs) to blame for blowing up their own pipeline but and and they and the way she says it though the government has a different story like they're lying they're lying lying. you you know they're lying they're totally lying it can't be true i'm a journalist so now uh we have this uh this new woman here's pooper anderson pooper with arwa damon arwa damon who uh, just the setup alone is hilarious. Particularly harshly on Holmes, which has become an opposition stronghold. Eleven people were killed there today, according to activists. Arwa has uh, crossed into Syria. We're not going to say exactly where she is. No, because it's in the studio next door. She is for her own safety and the safety of her team. Safety of her team. Her team. She has a team? She had no team. Does she play baseball? What's the deal? Ah, she's got a whole team there, apparently. I spoke with her just a short time ago. Arwa opposition groups are reporting that at least 30... Opposition groups are reporting. You got to listen to what these people are saying. Opposition groups are reporting. What opposition group? What is it? We have CNN Syria? Who are these reporters? People have been killed today in Syria. What are you seeing on the ground? Well, we're basically in a safe house. So I'm seeing nothing. We cannot disclose. I can't disclose because I'll be killed. And there has been a nonstop flow of traffic here from members of the Free Syrian Army who have just defected. The Free Syrian Army? The nonstop traffic? She's not on the ground. She's holed up somewhere, if she's actually in Syria. And, and, And she's just talking out of the side of her ass 
about, yeah, all these guys came in and told me what was going on. So let me report that as truth to you, Pooper. Also in this location <laughs> at the scene of what is a medical clinic. However, because area that we're in is effectively under siege as are many effectively under siege huh the other areas around it a lot of those in need of medical treatment have not been able to reach this particular location what's the level of org- the big edit by the way the whole thing is edited because she's and, and i'll tell you who she is arwa damon uh born uh, in boston massachusetts she graduated from robert college in istanbul turkey in yeah. Turkey, her father, a teacher at the uh, American Community School of Beirut, she's an asset. We've never heard of this woman before. I've never seen her anywhere. But here's what very interesting. She covered the Middle East as a freelance producer working with CNN, PBS, Fox News, and others. She began her journalism career at Camera Planet working to get correspondence for Peter Arnett's team into pre-war Iraq. Well, you remember Peter Arnett, and there's YouTube videos everywhere, of Peter Arnett and his team sitting in a green screen. You've seen these, right, John? You've seen the green screen videos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and pretending like, oh, 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 there's another one. There's another bomb. And then the camera kept rolling. <laughs> and they were sitting in front of a green screen with plants they took from the hotel lobby. She's a, she's a phony. Organization that you're seeing uh, uh, in among opposition forces. There is a fairly impressive amount of organization. Fairly. And, and so the video is guys getting into a Toyota. A blue Toyota with with AK-47s and masks on their face. Impressive organization, Anderson. At this level, the Free Syrian Army units on the village-to-village, town-to-town level appear to be fairly well organized. They are, of course, lacking in weapons. They can't really conduct offensive operations. This is a little code. Of course, they're lacking weapons. So, you know, it'll be good if America sends some weapons over there. And then the activists themselves are incredibly well organized, whether it's trying to disseminate... Incredibly organized. She's seeing all this from her undisclosed location where she hasn't left the room. Information. With a crack in the wall behind her. I love that. That's a great... Her team has did well. Hey, let's get that crack in the wall behind you. That makes it look like you're in a bombed out place. It's good. You can get information around. There is a constant flow of information. Flow! Uh, there have been increasing reports... Yeah, another edit. ...of, of weapons uh, being sent in, into Syria from a lot... See? Q, and here it is. ...a lot of different groups, a lot of different countries. Allegations... Another edit. ...by the regime that al-Qaeda is behind some of the suicide bombings. Is there tr- any truth to that? Oh, oh, okay. Al-Qaeda behind it. Hmm, let's listen. You do see weapons, and the largest weapon we've seen has frankly been an AK-47, and after that, a rocket-propelled grenade. Really no match for what the government has at its disposal. Yes, people say there's been a very slow trickle of weapons coming across various borders, but it really isn't going to be putting the opposition... Answer the question! ...fighters in a sort of military stance. And what we keep hearing reiterated to us time and time again is that the opposition, the fighters even themselves, do not want to and did not want to have to pick up weapons, but it has been the regime's brutality that has forced them into this position. 
And when it comes to the issue of al-Qaeda, look, even the U.S. has said that they believe that some sort of al-Qaeda-linked group is perhaps behind the mass bombings in Damascus, behind the bombing that just took place in Aleppo. But they also do believe that this is simply because al-Qaeda, being the network that it is, is one that is fully capable of exploiting the kind of security vacuum that exists here. But it is in... So there's the, uh, there's the shift in the story. The shift is there's a because there's a vacuum in authority, a vacuum yeah. in the regime. That's yeah. why Al Qaeda's coming in because uh, they they blow up stuff for a living. That's what they do. Yeah, well, the whole thing. I, I did a bunch of work on this too, uh, and I kind of went in a different direction. All right. I went to. There's a document floating around, which is a leaked document from the Arab League that uh, the Arab yeah, League States Observing Mission. You've seen it. Yep. And, and there's a couple of things that were interesting in it. One was a list of all these journalists from around the world that were brought in to look, you know, to, to basically look around, and it, which belies the argument that no journalist can get in. Well, there's journalists from everywhere in yeah. the in the, and they're all over the place. And they put and they, there's a good documentation of them up to right up to uh, brought TBS Japanese Broadcasting Network three one twenty twelve. Uh, sent in Italian official television, French journalist Hervé de Gaulle, and one after another. So I decided to start looking at the um, some of the French. I looked at actually I looked at any number of these people, including uh, one woman who was listed as we got her name right. Um, yeah, Elizabeth. Uh, no, this is a different one. Elizabeth Palmer. Uh, well, I don't have her name, but anyway, uh, Elizabeth Co- uh, Cocker. So you couldn't find her because her name is actually Elizabeth Phelan. They had her, this is an old maiden name they had on there. So I finally found her stuff. She uh, works for Russia Today and a bunch of other uh, Canadian outlets. And she says the whole thing that's over there is a bunch of bull crap. And they won't print any of it. And so then I said, well, let me just look at some of the foreign publications. And so I started looking at the French stuff, but going through a bunch of different translators. I actually retranslated most of these documents three different times to figure out what the hell they were talking about. Yeah. And the uh, the French guys were saying this whole thing is crap. They kind of shut down the, uh, the somebody or another started attacking them, and they all grouped together and met. And there's a number of French guys met at a nun's place out in the middle of nowhere as a, in a secret meeting to discuss what's going on with this this Catholic nun who's a French that's living in the area. And she goes on this long tirade about this is all a bunch of bull crap dreamed up by Western media. She doesn't know why. And this is all reported in La Vie, among other French publications. So I'm thinking this whole thing is just, I mean, we can't even use anything because this is all bull crap well i mean it's, it's such bull crap that even the stuff that we try to deconstruct is just completely off the rails and the people behind this by the way the, the, this this raiding of syria it seems to me if you start looking at the public relations agencies involved are all stem back to the muslim brotherhood Right. These are the Muslim Brotherhood taking over the area. They've taken over Egypt. They're taking over Syria. Looks like they're trying to take over Tunisia. There was a really good report over the last few days about what's going on in Tunisia. They're trying, you know, there's a big battle where they should put what, Sharia what, what, law what, in. Well, wasn't that the whole point is to have uh, everyone freaking out? And so that... Uh, if, yeah, if, exactly. If, That's if, what the point of the Leviathan Project yeah, is. So that, then the, you can just run the Israeli gas into Europe exactly. and everybody's happy camper. And meanwhile, the Israelis are surrounded by a bunch of maniacs. Well... 
so this is where it gets very interesting uh back to the leviathan project so first of all we had um uh very interesting we had the uh we had bb uh show up in cyprus <laughs> bb netanyahu made his first visit to cyprus ever by an uh, israeli prime minister this week he said that uh, he and uh, President uh, Dimitris Christofias discussed a variety of ways the two countries can work together in agriculture, tourism, science, and, oh yeah, energy exploration. Really? <laughs> really? Really? Yeah, it's always the last on the list. Yeah, both leaders declined to speak publicly Maybe about... Maybe nobody will read that far. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, of course, this relates back to Greece. And on Sunday's show, while we were wrapping up the show... Uh, Greece was on fire, essentially, just on fire. Uh, a couple of interesting things happened. Uh, well, here's the first one that uh, that got reported uh, on Monday. I think it is quite serious. Make no mistake, Hugh, that EU officials are, are playing it tough. I think for the moment, certainly, this second Greek bailout uh, is on hold. And the reason for that is that the EU officials do not believe that Greece has met conditions, crucial conditions. They want key political leaders to give written guarantees that after elections uh, in April, they will fully implement these new austerity measures. They also want further uh, budget cuts. But I am detecting growing tension between some Greek ministers and some European ministers. One Greek minister today did say, quite simply, the Greek people have had enough and can't take uh, any more. But also some European ministers are discussing the possibility of a Greek default in a way certainly they weren't uh, a year ago. Uh, the German finance minister Wolfgang Schäuble said, um, compared to two years ago, we are much better prepared to survive a Greek default. Now, against this background, the Greek economy seems to be collapsing. In the last quarter of last year, it contracted by 7%. Right. So, what is happening here? And there's a document floating around. Now, I read uh, a blog by this guy named John Ward. And John Ward was a big advertising executive in the 80s and early 90s in the United Kingdom. And he has a blog called The Slog. He's retired. Uh, you can find it at hat4uk.wordpress.com, hat4uk.wordpress.com. And he has a lot of friends on the inside, and he posted today, Greek default exclusive, senior U.S. bankers give an explicit timetable for Athens default. And by the way, lots of countries default. It's not like, you know, the end of the world. Uh, but March 23rd is, uh, and apparently Barclays has it, and one other bank who he can't mention, uh, but I, I, I trust this guy. He's been right about a lot of things. March 23rd, at close of business. That's a Friday. And Monday, uh, the banks will not dispense money in Greece. So that'll be the 26th. Uh, and everyone's been kind of waiting for this moment. And the reason why is the privatization deals are done. China Three Gorges, G-O-R-G-E-S, has uh, purchased, uh, has finalized their purchase of the stake in the uh, EDP, the Greek energy company, $3.5 billion. Uh, the uh, committee that was appointed just a few months ago um, has said, you know what, we're probably going to have to have the state give up every single bit, everything of their, uh, all of their uh, stake in, uh, in the Greek energy infrastructure. And it's the Chinese 
Although there is one Azerbaijan company who is also in on it. But the Chinese are the ones that are purchasing and buying all of this up. And that com- that flows right in. There's another Lucifer Clinton connection there. That's the uh, Far East Energy Corporation. So this is, I think, that this has been a total Chinese setup for purchasing the assets, ask the deals will be done, and then it's just like, screw them. Let them burn. Just let them burn. And Italy will be next. Because Italy already has the pipeline, by the way, that was built in 2010. They have the pipeline with Greece. And Italy will be the next country that will have to privatize everything. That's really what these austerity measures are about. No one in the elitist world in the oil cabal gives a crap about the people. It's all about the privatization of the companies. And then we had Haiku Herman. And for some reason, I can't find my... Where's my clip of Haiku Herman? Hmm. Let me grab it from YouTube. Haiku Herman was... uh, Let me see. Where was he? Oh, gee. Do you think he was in China this past week? (laughs) It becomes so transparent. Um... He was in China while the uh, vice chairman was in uh, Iowa. Is that right? I don't know about the vice chairman. But here's, uh, here's Haiku Herman talking to the Chinese at a press conference. Listen to the words that he's, uh, he's using. It's quite As impressive. Said, we welcomed the declaration of Premier Wen last week in which he said that China will consider to be involved deeper in European integration. Yes, uh, by buying all of our sheet. We take note of it and we welcome it. (laughs) Noted. Second point is, in the past already, China has shown in a concrete way its interests in the Eurozone by investing in sovereign bonds of individual countries and by investing in European stability instruments. Third point is, it is up to China to make its own decisions in order to contribute to the stability of the Eurozone. Mm -hmm. As Premier Wen said just a few moments ago, we agreed that we will consult and cooperate uh, with each other in these matters. So Haiku Herman basically went on his knees and blew the Chinese. Please hook us up. Just you know, come on, man. You, you, you're going to get the infrastructure. Just come on in. You've got to you've got to participate in the ESM, the European Stability Mechanism, please. But of course, the guy, the only guy who really has the story straight and what's really going on is our buddy, Nigel Farage. It's always fun to hear a little bit of Nigel bitching at the Europe, European Starfleet Command. Well, Commissioner, you picked the right man. Puppet Papademos is in place, and as Athens caught fire on Sunday night, he rather took my breath away. He said, violence and destruction have no place in a democratic country. What democratic country? (laughs) He's not even a democratically elected prime minister. He's been appointed by you guys. And Greece isn't run through democracy now, it's run through a troika. Three foreign officials that fly into Athens airport and tell the Greeks what they can and can't do. The violence and destruction that you saw on Sunday is being caused directly because people are having their democratic rights taken from them. What else can they do? And I must say, if I was a Greek citizen, I would have been out there joining those protests on 
Sunday, I'd be out there trying to bring down this monstrosity that has been put upon those people. And in his efforts, in the puppet's efforts, <laughs> to get the MPs to vote for the bailout package, he warned them that if they didn't do so, Fire. there would be a dramatic decline in living standards. Well, as he looked outside the front door, has he seen the fact that 50% of the young people are unemployed already? Has he seen the fact that the economy, far from stalling, has contracted for five years in a row and is now accelerating on a downward death spiral, a contraction of 7% per annum? Greece is being driven into the ground. And I think, frankly, when it comes to chaos, you ain't seen nothing yet. I love that reference! That's going to be the new theme song. I think you're missing the whole point on this one. I don't think so. Well, let's take a look at this. What's what's going on? You're taking the perspective that they're going to just let Greece fall apart and the fuck these no, guys because no, the oil no. company. Let me just tell you what's really happening here. This is a complete setup. There's no way that the Chinese are going to be allowed to own this thing because the Chiners are out of the picture. We don't want them in North Africa. We definitely don't want them in Greece. This whole thing is designed to create a collapse of Greece, a, a revolution, a, re, a refoundation, probably kick them out of the EU, refound the government, nationalize all that stuff that they, they privatized, and go right back to square one the way the Greeks always operated. And they've done this before. They have had these revolutions in Greece over the years, and they nationalize well, everything. Well, That's hold, an old well, no, trick that's well, done no. in South America, and that gets the Chiners out. Well, bear with me. Then, then, we're, then, I'm, then you're taking it one step further, so it is correct. They're bringing the Chiners in right now. I mean, I have the, it's the, 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 the press releases are there. They've, they've purchased the assets, and then they go and nationalize and kick them out. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, oh, that that's way good. they get the money. I like that. They get the- they get the money. They get their pipeline back. They get their old system back, and then there be you and them maybe make friends afterwards. Okay, no, I'll this buy whole that. thing is designed to screw the Chinese. Nice. No, I'm liking that one. And what are they doing? They're making it so that people have to riot. Their economy's gone down seven percent. Fifty percent of the youth are unemployed. Hey, talk about a recipe. Excellent. People are upset about your use of the F word today. Yeah, I used it five times so far. I've got one more to go. Okay. I, I have a. I have this. Uh, <laughs> is, it, is that your? Is that your max six? That's it. No, I have a. Uh, a, a, a using a. Um, I have a little um, counter, and I and I give myself so many F bombs I can throw in a year. Yeah. And I'm down da- <laughs> so many that I had to do six today. You're underwater. You're underwater with your F-bombs. I've done five. I got one more to go, and people can stay tuned and wait for it. All right. Why don't we uh, thank a couple people? I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda. Drop the F-bomb. Starting in Winterville, Georgia, link.me, uh, L-E-N-K. Uh, you guys missed the 143 meme. would have been perfect for Valentine's Day donor, donators. What is the 143 meme? Uh, he donated 143.69. Oh, there's the, uh, 
Yeah, how about that? There's the 1037. That tells you things are going good in the economy. <laughs> We're in the middle of depleting our bank accounts to adopt two siblings from the Democratic Republic of Congo, so please send some no-agenda karma magic for our adoption. Add a MILF there for oh. my wife's future MILF status. Oh, well, is that something? Usually that's something you already have. But, oh, she'll be a mother. I get it. Okay, let's uh, try that out. MILF! That's one mother I'd like to. You've got karma. Right. Uh, he has a Lou uh, Aot. He has a WordPress plugin, L-E-E-N-K dot M-E, link me. And I think it, we'll see what it does. I'll check it out. I love those plugins. <laughs> Sir Michael Miller and Tiburon's uh, oh. uh, blessing us again with $126. Andrew Carlson, a new donor from St. Paul, Minnesota, 120 Hey, John and Adam, when the local NPR station started the third member drive in six months, I decided to donate to you. <laughs> That's right. So we here's hear NPR bucks a asking month for a year. Yeah, thank yeah. you. That's nice. the, yeah, when you see somebody on PBS or somebody asking for money, think of us. Think of us. Yeah. The equivalent of a sustaining member. I could use a de-douching as I have not donated until now, and I've been listening for quite some time. And uh, find I need some find a house karma. So uh, he wants to thank us for uh, keeping, uh, uh, keeping us, thank us for continuing to do the show. So can you give him a combo? Yeah, I'll give him a dedouching combo, absolutely. You've been dedouched. You've got karma. Josh DeGeorge in Louisville, Kentucky, 11 uh, Thank you, gentlemen, for the show and the concurrent No Agenda Nightmares. That's like the one good. where a drone on demonstration accidentally machine guns the spectators. <laughs> or the one where my girlfriend and I are black bagged off to some facility and our <laughs> military jailers first make me watch her get raped. And then they turn their equipment on me because, you know, sodomy is A-OK in the military <laughs> Only now. with animals. Only with animals. <laughs> yeah, animals. Unless you're, you know. So could you aim a karma cluster bomb at my family and send her the crosshairs on my mom. She needs it badly. The rest of us could use the shrapnel. Look out, mom. Here it comes. Shrapnel on the way, too. You've got karma. That's good. I like the karma cluster bomb. That's a good one. Jeez, Josh. Yeah. Tom Bushy, Bushy in St. Paul, Minnesota. One ten twenty. Hey, John and Adam, I haven't donated since last year, so I'm donating double nickels on the double dimes. $110.20 to get back on track. I've also had a big meeting with work Thursday. It could bring some much-needed changes to my career. A double shot of karma on Thursday show would be perfectly timed. Thanks, Minuteman Tom. Here's your double shot. Bend over. You've got karma. Yap Gilhood. Yap Gilhood. Gilhood. In Berkham. Berkham. $100. Thanks for 100 tons. For the 100 tons of spilled of oil spilled to get to the Antarctics to make the slave pictures we sent. Ah, this is, yeah. yeah, yeah. Belgium and Marco, Solar, RNG, Netherlands, please forward GitmoCitizen.com and FoundingFathers.eu. Yeah, he, uh, he already had those in there. Okay. Dwayne uh, Cawthorn in Austin, Texas. Oh. Hey, now. He's looking at you in the binoculars. <laughs> $100. Looking forward to the next point five show when you deconstruct a no agenda show. Does that make you media self-assassins? Is, Is that like- media suicide? <laughs> yeah. Ex- except our deconstruction is pretty easy. Yeah, some of them are, are more weird than others. I, I've got, let, I'm going to interrupt this and, and play a clip out of the blue just to show you that. Really? What people are doing today that we're deconstructing is nothing new. Play this case, this I caught on Democracy Now. This is L. Sharpton <sighs> on Soul Train talking. <laughs> 
talking to James Brown in 1974. Uh, we have a young man in the studio who I, I think is an astounding young brother because of his youth. He's only 19 years old and he's accomplished a lot and he's here to make a presentation to James Brown and we'd like to welcome him warmly. His name is Al Sharpton. Mm-hmm. How about it for Al Sharpton? Bam. Al is uh, the national director of uh, the National Youth Movement Movement Incorporated. Right, Al? That's right. And what do we have here? Well, we come uh, to break tradition. Uh, We know that in the uh, recording industry that they give a gold record to those that achieve a million seller. But uh, we view your million seller payback as a black record because it is relevant and says many of the things that young blacks have tried to say and could not musically express in our own uh, little way. And we feel the payback is sort of like the theme song of Young Black America in 1974. So uh, this is interesting in itself because... This was done in 1974 because in 1971, James Brown hired L. Sharpton as a road manager. This this whole thing was a setup and and, and everybody was complicit. This is kind of thing has been going on forever. <laughs> they just need us. They needed us. But I mean, this is ridiculous. That was 40 years ago. You know, I, since we're on a little intermezzo, I interviewed this guy yesterday for the for the big app show for the big book show. Um, who uh, and this will be an interesting interview. Ken Jennings, does that name ring a bell? It rings. It sounds familiar. All-time Jeopardy champion. He's, oh, that guy. He's the guy that right. played against uh, IBM Watson. Yeah, and he wrote a book called Maphead, which I'm going to send to you because he's a Maphead. He lo- he. That's why he has such incredible trivia knowledge. He's just he. You know, when he was a kid, and you know, when I had maps. a teddy bear, he had maps. He had the atlas and everything, and he said. We had this discussion. It's just very interesting where uh, President Roosevelt would have the fireside chats and he'd tell people, go and get your atlas, get your map so you can follow along and find out what I'm talking about. And he says, maps are being hidden from us. They're, they, the, uh, the world leaders don't want you to understand how it works anymore. And this has um, been going on for centuries. He said, and now we have Google. And what does Google do when you fire it up? It zooms in immediately. He says you, no one has an overall overview of what's really happening. And I thought it was really interesting to think about. Oh, you got to get a clip from that for the show. Yeah, I will. Now uh, I have to edit it all. But, uh, and then I also asked him about uh, IBM Watson. <laughs> what did he say? Well, I think he has a contract that he can't. Oh, yeah. Can't, there you have it. So, another, yeah. so well, he, tri- he tried to like kind of skirt around it. Yeah. Yeah. They don't want anyone really talking. Yeah, it figures. Well, oh, it's yeah. like this L. Sharpton scam. Exactly. Scams. Right, let's get... Scams. Everything's a scam. It's ridiculous. Anonymous from Holly Springs, North Carolina, gives us $100 saying the last two shows have been great, especially the Leviathan piece and, of course, the Huntsman gay Chinese story. Yeah. Dr. Nanninger Etiquette, Inc., Fort Jefferson, New York, $99. Dudes. Dudes. You forgot to mention my last donation was for Adam's vaccine coverage. Oh, that's a while well, back. You, this one is counter to that douchebag that gave you a hard time about donations because of him. I broke through my karma barrier and I would take a big hit. Next one is my knighthood. Start minting my ring, Steve. Yeah, right on, Steve. Thank you. Michael Slavery, Salavery, Salavery, 
in Davis, California, the home of the University of California, Davis, seventy-seven, which, seventy-seven which used from to Davis, be, which used to be an eco village. That was like that was the big eco village. Remember that? No, I'm a longtime boner, first time donor, and definitely the most clueless listener of the show. Well. It's hard to say. Listening to your show has given me new perspective as an upgraded my bullshit filter significantly. This has gotten me laid many times with hot college chicks. Oh, man, we got to go to campus. As a student, thanks again for doing the show, and please take my cash for truth and a de-douching. Wow, okay, so let me get this straight. You've been de-douched. So we can go to UC California, the Davis, and, and, Davis. I, and, and I can go and I say, hey, baby. You know, uh, this whole uh, Syria thing is about pipelines to uh, Greece, and they'll just be all over me? Yeah. That's, that's, that's so apparently the way they are up there. The see? What a service we're providing. Uh-huh. And it's those hot California girls, too. Yeah, those, yeah. those uh, girls going to Aggie school, they're all, you know, John, they're outdoors, outdoorsy. Road trip. Ingram Moe in Lafayette, Colorado, $75. Matthew Phillips, or Matthew. Matthew. I think it's Matthew. Matthew. It could be Mateo. Mateo. Uh, in Dearborn Heights, Michigan, 6969, clippity clop. <laughs> it's known as the Hillary Clinton donation. <laughs> yes, 6969, exactly. <laughs> Meanwhile, there's another $69 donation, but it came from our old friend Carrie Schoen. Oh. Out there near Munich in Markt Schwaben, Deutschland. She's do- she's the one who runs the every marathon, time she runs. Right, right, right. Gets to buck a person or something, sends it to us. I'm donating without having to run a marathon for the first time. Why? Because I want to donate so I can wish my husband, Stefan, a happy 40th birthday on February 15th, which was yesterday. He says he doesn't want any presents this year, but I figure no one could be upset with a little hey, citizen. So she needs this combo. Hey, citizen, karma and German in the morning. Wow. Okay. Uh, shall I? No, I can probably do it all at the same time. Let's see. Uh, you ready? Here we go. Uh, hey, citizen. You've got karma. Freaking tight, dude. Tight, tight, tight. Not bad. Yeah. She says to keep up. And by the way, I think her gift to her husband, she donated, of all things, $69. Get it? Mm-hmm. A little help, you know, a little birthday gift. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Just... Kind mm-hmm. of, mm-hmm. it's 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 mm-hmm. she's the one who made the donation. I mean, mm-hmm. John De Leon, John De Leon, Cedar Hill here, Cedar Hill, Texas, sixty-seven seventy-six. Small donation to keep the show on the air. Please call out the listener on the last show as a douchebag. I'm not going to. I'm not going to do it because uh, he actually wrote back and uh, apologized. <sighs> The Big one time. that doesn't understand the show model is a doctoral student. His bitching offends my intelligent sensibilities. <laughs> if I can get some indulgences, karma <laughs> slash advertising whenever I want to call it for an upcoming major exam. Sorry for the donation. Can't be more too busy living the American dream. Thank you, Obama. Thank you for all you two do. Valuable, value for value. Oh, yeah. Some <clears throat> baby making karma would be nice for me and the missus. All right. And, uh, and a MILF call out for his wife. No, soon to be MILF. He wants a uh, trying to make a human resource and a hot pocket. <laughs> this is disturbing images. So yeah. uh, I don't think she gets a milf until she has the M. No, he says she soon to be milf. Right. So you don't get a milf until you've got the M. You got to be an M to be. Uh, the, yeah, yeah. I think get that's going to be true. Okay. Okay. But, yeah. Hold on, making baby karma. You've got karma. You could give him a hot pockets. Oh, of course. 
Patrick Rohde, photographer, uh, photography in San Francisco, 6771. In the morning, John Knapp, please send some karma to John Fitzgerald, who's running for Congress in JCD's district on 9-11. Truth, arrest the bankers, disband the TSA, repeal NDAA, ban GMO, geoengineering, and force vaccinations. Ticket. As we say in the Gitmo Nation East, he ticks all the boxes. The elections department just tripled the candidate's statement fee to $8,000. Wow. Jeez, John Fitzgerald for Congress.com. Uh, he needs a karma. Yes, absolutely. You've got karma. What a scam. Aaron Heath, St. Agnes, South Australia, $64. Can I request a karma shot for my job promotion that I'm going for in the next week? Absolutely. <laughs> job promotion karma. You've got karma. Matthew Scott in Springfield, Missouri. $60.27 from the Golden Spud in the Gitmozark region of... That's a nice area, by the way, the Ozarks in uh, Missouri and Arkansas. Very pretty. Region of Southwest Gitmozuri. The 60 is for some karma and a birthday shout-out. We've got that listed. Rockin' Don, who's turning 60 this month. The 27 is for some karma, MILF, and a birthday shout-out to my smoking hot wife, Hexorba. <laughs> Let me do that combo. I love that. <laughs> MILF. That's one mother I like. You've got karma. <laughs> that's cool, man, because, you know, that's a good way to get your wife to listen to the show. You're a MILF. You're smoking hot, baby. And look, I told the whole world about it. And he's also requesting that karma be shared with readnoagenda.com, which yep. is his. Uh, he's one of the. Oh, uh, well, that's, that's a great project. That's a, it's a great. It's a great project. Readnoagenda.com. Uh, Joseph Jones, Redmond, Washington, 5609. 150% of the proceeds from the noagendaprivacy.com are going to the No Agenda Super PAC, which we don't have yet. <laughs> well, apparently. We should. Yeah. Digital Slave in Saskatoon, the Paris of Canada, 5605. In the morning from sunny Saskatoon. Uh, donating again to keep you guys from going one show a week. Myself and Velociraptor. Velociraptor, I guess, would like to give a birthday call out to Subterranean. Oh, put this on there. We don't have it on the list. Birthday call. Can you put it on your list? Yeah. Putting it on a birthday there. call out for Subterranean Zen, who gets another year closer to death on Friday. He still hasn't donated and remains a douchebag. Oh, no. Well, give it to him. Hold on. I, I can only do. I only have two hands. <laughs> Use your nose. <laughs> Pound it. I'm still trying to spell Velociraptor. And the and the birthday shout out goes to Subterranean Zen. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, Tyler J. Glaze, a great name for a detective. Elk Rapids, <laughs> Miss Played by Tom Tom Selleck. Uh, fifty five fifty five in the morning. John Dan, I want to get you to know you have another brewer in the brew house. Always oh, in Michigan, not Mississippi. That's MS. Uh, brewer in the brew house. Listening to the show up in northern Michigan. He's got a brewery that we will check out. One of these days, I get to Northern Michigan once every five years. Andrew, fight, 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 F I T E in Stockton, California. Double nickels on the dime used to be a monthly do subscriber, but I haven't been for some time. Please dedouche me and karma me as I'm finishing up college and looking into a new, new career path. Thanks for all you guys do. All right, double shot. <laughs> You've been dedouched, karma. It's tight. Eric, yeah, very good. Eric Anderson in Bothell, Washington. Double nickels on the dime. Birthday. Uh, give you a birthday shot of some karma for both personal and professional life. Uh, ITM Eric Anderson. So give him a thing. You've got karma. Uh, 
White Hat Gene from Gitmo Nation Lowlands would like some karma for his girl. Uh, <laughs> Jean, Jean. The French pronunciation, please. Yeah. White Hat, double nickels on the diamond. Jean-Claude, of course you should know. Jean in Utrecht. White, White Hat Jean in Utrecht. You've got karma. This girl's not John. He is uh, Jean. 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 Uh, Jean. 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 Paul Giles Lawson in Hawthorne, South Australia. Double strength shot of karma. Uh, rock on. Double nickels on the dime. He says double shot strength shot of karma to the face. Uh-huh. Yeah, hit him in the face with it. <laughs> You've got karma. <laughs> Joseph Esposito, otherwise known as Joe the Dish Slave. Uh, you in, you uh, missed Ed. Uh, you missed Ed. Go back. I up. missed Ed Zolo in Restrevor, South Australia. That's interesting. Two guys from South Australia, both double nickels on the dime. Best podcast in the universe, and no longer a boner like Phil Rodis, <laughs> who introduced me to No Agenda. Really, Phil Rodis, really, Phil. Yeah, Phil, get your act together. Joe the Dish Slave is Stockton. Uh, double nickels on the dime. More. Sl- he says he wants a donation for more slide whistle, not less. Huh? Okay, here we go. Ready? Yep. <laughs> That's about it. Also, please fire off a Valentine's Day milf for my beautiful wife, Sam. Okay. <laughs> That's one mother I'd like to f- as mention of his podcast, Ozone Nightmares, always appreciated, and he needs some karma for his mom. He's got karma. Grebulon in Kfarheim. Hey, Grebulon's South back. Neptune. Yes. 5510, don't mention my name, just Grebulon, King of Neptune. This brings <laughs> me halfway to knighthood, Adam. Your Gas Wars analysis in the last show was outstanding. You nailed it. I'm trying to get some of my friends to listen to it, but you know how it is. Only get the converted. You can preach to the choir. You can't get people to listen to the show if they're already dead and, and you know, dead man walking. Zombies. Uh, the guy, anyway, the, just Yo, Moshi Yalon, whose name is Bogus, he says, the guy's a warmonger. The best thing to do is just ignore him. Please play the No Agenda National Anthem and no slide whistle. Well, we'll play that after the show, perhaps. Actually, after, maybe after a long clip at the end. George Scanlon, $50. Uh, from Parts Unknown, Chad Kreitzer in Front Royal, Virginia, drunk and checking in with $50. Jason Burke, Richmond, Texas, $50. Um, Don Summers with a D-A-W-N, Jacksonville, Florida, John, $50. Uh, first-time donor. I've been listening since October. Please send a Hey Citizen to Peter Norwood, and if it isn't too much to ask, a shot of karma for my job search. Hey, Citizen. You've got Actually, we had uh, someone. Uh, let me hold on. Let's, let's do a little production meeting here. Someone sent me a uh, a jingle. Let's see. Hey, citizen terrorist. <laughs> a citizen terrorist. <laughs> I don't know if we should be playing that. Yeah, that's not a good one. <laughs> Jason Burke. I said Jason already. Uh, David Burneff in Raleigh, North Carolina, fifty dollars. Without comment. Uh, Sir Chris Slowinski in Sherwood Park, Alberta, fifty dollars. Thank you. Von Glitschka in Salem, Oregon, fifty dollars. God bless the whiner who complained about your show's support request. I was inspired to send more support and procure my indulgence from information purgatory. 
Consider this my love gift offering and bless me with a douchebag for the non-believing whiners. A douchebag for those out there. Douchebag. And yeah. finally, Philip Smith uh, from Boxborough, Massachusetts, and Sir Mike Westerfield in uh, parts I don't I forgot where Mike's from, but parts unknown on this spreadsheet. Want to thank them and all the other uh, uh, executive producers, producers, and everyone in between, and even the people who donated less for helping us out on this show number three eight three. And there was also some screw up with the numbering recently that Adam will discuss. And I uh, want to remind people to go to noagendashow.com, noagendanation.com, no agenda, uh, any of the no agenda sites where you'll bounce around. Dvorak.org slash NA and channel Dvorak.com slash NA to uh, continue supporting us. Dvorak.org slash NA. It's your birthday, birthday. Raptors. Say happy birthday to Subterranean Zen. Eric Anderson congratulates himself uh, celebrating his birthday today. Matthew Scott says happy birthday to dad, to his dad, Rockin' Don, who turned 60 this month. Ah, he's just a puppy. And also, happy birthday to his wife, Hexorba, who turns 27 this month. And Carrie Schoen congratulates her husband, Stefan, who turned 40 yesterday. Congratulations and happy birthday from all of the entire massive staff here at the No Agenda Show. It's your birthday. And with uh, Joe to the Dish Slave's donation, Jean, uh, he becomes a knight today. Oh, good. Yeah, so I think he can become uh, knight of the dish. Or uh, what, what's a, no, knight, uh, knight of the flatware. How about knight of the flatware? No. What do you call it? Knight of the, uh, knight of the, uh, uh, what's those things? That, what's the, what, knight of the chargers. That sounds pretty Chargers? Cool. Why do you come with chargers? Chargers is that big giant dish that you put on a thing and you put another dish on top of it. No, no. What are what are dishes called in uh, in like bed, bed bed bath and butthole? What is a, what are what are they what are They're dishes? called dishes? No, no, no. There's a there's a aggregate word for it. Uh, that's a good question. There is a word. And, and the aggregate word for 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 your dishes is what you get when you get married. Then you say, oh, we got a nice. See, this is why I like the charger. They even apparently a word you've never heard of. Charger never. plates or service plates or larger decorative plates used to dress How about up dinner the tables. China. In the, it, from 1275 to 1325 is when they originated. Perfect. How about t- China? Crockery. He could be knight of the crockery. Well, I think that's a crock. He could be, uh, I think, flatware. Yeah, Tableware? Let's we'll just, just, just knight him and we'll discern, determine it later. Okay, well, let's uh, grab your blade then, if you don't mind. Here. Slave, step forward and kneel, my friend, because you have been around for quite a while and you've uh, you've done it. Thanks to your uh, donations, uh, equaling amount of one thousand dollars or more, and you've now become officially a knight of the No Agenda Roundtable. So I hereby declare you, Sir Joe the Dish Slave, knight of the No Agenda Roundtable of the Charger, the Flatware, and the Shiners. Come on over, buddy. Hookers and blow, Brent boys and Chardonnay, and hot pants and booze, right here for you. And thank you. Thank you for supporting the show, keeping us on two days a week, keeping us doing this analysis, keeping us assassinating the media. It's it's and keeping you sane, probably and entertained while you're washing the dishes. That's how it comes by the name. Uh, just a brief call out uh, for myself. Uh, Miss Mickey asked me to uh, uh, it, it, call out yourself as a douchebag. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Douchebag. Huh. Uh, you know, we have a disproportionate uh, number of listeners who are dentists 
We do. We do. Yeah, we have a lot of dentists. Remember, I was talking about that. That root, the, root canal? so we have a lot of dentites. Denti. I think it's denti. Well, maybe plural. And uh, so we're looking for a good uh, dentist uh, or denti in Austin. So if anyone, oh, there's like, probably tons. That's why I'm asking. You know, so we got because it's hard. You know, what are you going to want Angie's list? And I'm going to trust that. Well, you know, you, you, so. we do have a night dentist. Or, or I know we have sev- we have several night dentists. Actually, that's and that's Greg, my entire you know, up point. In Port Angeles. Yeah, but I live in I live there. in Austin, dude. Oh right, yeah. you can't travel that far. So um, there was one thing that I mentioned I would be looking into on Sunday's program, and I got a lot of help. Uh, from our uh, from our producers who are all over this. This is the Obama twenty six billion dollar mortgage settlement scam. I mean plan. I'm sorry. Because um, I have a, a little commentary that just came out this morning's New York Times about something similar. Well, why don't you uh, mention that? Does it mention the fact that uh, they came out and promoted this as a huge twenty six billion dollar deal, but they have not actually signed anything yet with the banks? Is that mentioned in the New York Times? Did the New York Times no, say this, that? John? This is more scandalous. It's got nothing to do with that. Actually, it's got. I'll just read you the headlines at the top of the fold, right at the top. Audit uncovers extensive flaws and foreclosures. Officials see suspicious documents or legal violations in files, it turns out. And they're taking criminal action. It turns out that almost every foreclosure in the state of California was was done illegally with malice. And now they're going to go after bank executives and find the guys they can throw in jail. Right, yeah. And you know who's, of course, you know who's going to make hay from this. Yeah, as the attorney general. Your friend Kamala Harris. Yep. Exactly. Well, this is the scam. You know, you can either donate to my campaign or you can go to jail. So, uh, so there's uh, there's a whole archive. Uh, people were very, very good. Uh, producers were actually sending web pages as PDFs, which is really good because this stuff does tend to go away. So here's yes. how it breaks down. Yes, uh, first of all, there, so the Obama administration comes out and says, we've done a deal, $26 billion. We've done the deal. It's all good. $26 billion. We've done the deal. We're going to help you out. Living the American dream, everyone pays their fair share. <laughs> what is it? Does their fair share gets a fair you, you shake? Fall, you fall apart. You're like, you almost get a Bobama there. It's just, everyone you can do does it, it, you know, if you actually practice. Everyone does their fair share and gets a fair shake at the American dream of just getting by. That was pretty good. Um, so, uh, unfortunately, they have not yet actually signed a deal. There's not even a term sheet and the bankers are, and there's a, a website, American Bankers, they're like, they're like, we can't believe this. There's not even a term sheet. So um, we used to call that lying back in the day if you said we have a deal and you don't have a deal. And remember, on the last show, it was uh, Kamala Harris was the last attorney general to sign on. Well, here's what's interesting is how it breaks down. M- the majority of this money goes to California. In fact, Almost 85%, because that's where it's the biggest state. It's the, you know, that's where the, everyone's underwater in the real estate prices. And, of course, Kamala Harris is a shill for the Obama administration. Interestingly enough, as we break it down, if you listen to the actual words that are used by the president, and, uh, from the, and I'm not going to read all of this stuff verbatim, uh, so you're going to have to take it from me, because there is an executive summary and there's actually there's a website to go along with this. Oh, what the hell is the name of that stupid ass website? Well, I can't find it right now. Um, Seventeen billion dollars of this magical twenty six billion, which has not been approved or agreed to yet, is going to be used by banks to help people 
whose mortgages are underwater. But the requirements, according to the, the website, uh, the government's own website, they've launched nationalmortgagesettlement.com. Bring that up, John. Nationalmortgagesettlement.com, which has probably the worst stock fo- stock photography ever used in the history of a government website of like happy people jumping on their lawn in front of their house with their kid. We get to keep our home. Landmark settlement, landmark relief. It only applies to people who have never missed a payment. Never missed a payment. Now we already had this impossible. Of course it is. And we've all, we already have this plan uh, which only 900,000 people took advantage of because of the millions of people, everyone missed a payment somewhere. So it only, the, and it's not money the banks are saying, oh, here's some money. No, it's only if you never missed a payment. So they don't have to do anything. That $17 billion is fictitious and goes nowhere. So let's just take that right off the, right off the roster. None of that. Then there's $1.7 billion that will be paid to people who were defrauded. $2,000 per person. Oh, yeah. thanks. Oh, thanks. 2000 Thanks. You took away my house. You, you ruined my life. Well, actually, California has a fund they talk about in here that anyone who is foreclosed upon, if there's any mistakes with their paperwork, which tends to be everyone, they're getting a, they're getting a serious payout from California, and the feds aren't going to help them. So I marked... Look up the number while you're doing that. So here's what's interesting. In addition to the principal reductions, the banks must allocate funds approximately $5.2 billion for other forms of homeowner assistance. These options include the facilitation of short sales, uh, some other things in there. But here's what kind of made me go, huh? The remaining settlement funds, approximately $2.5 billion, will be paid to the participating states. So this is the only money they're really going to pay. It's the $2.5 billion. And by the way, in return for that, uh, the proposed release contains a broad release of the bank's conduct related to mortgage. In, in other words, uh, no one goes to jail. Right? So it's, it's a quid pro quo. It's like, you're going you're to pretend you have $17 billion to give to the slaves, which you're not going to hand out. They'll hand out a couple grand to some poor saps, and we'll make some of an, some an example. And then the remaining $2.5 billion, of which pretty much $2 billion goes to California, the funds may be distributed by the Attorneys General, Kamala Harris, to foreclosure relief and housing programs, including housing counseling, legal assistance, foreclosure prevention hotlines, foreclosure mediation, blah, 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 and other initiatives. What? It's basically discretionary funds. So I can tell you exactly what this is. This is the Obama campaign war chest. Two, and I told you the guy needed more than a billion dollars, so he's sending $2 billion to, to his shill, Kamala Harris, in California, who's going to turn right around and hand this to his coffers. Because yeah, and it we should att- go right to the media so no one's going to ever report on this. The, journal, the, the journalists, the attorneys general have the right to do whatever they want with this money. Some of the states are just using it for their budget. They're just saying, oh, screw it. We're just here. Wisconsin used part of uh, national mortgage settlement for budget hole. Oklahoma is the only one of the 50 states that is not going to do that. Every other state is taking this money. Uh, so the, what's rest of the half a billion dollars that California gets? They get, they get $2 billion. 
And they just can use it for their budgets and whatever else they feel like. Kamala Harris is going to turn. This is a this is the scam. This is the Obama campaign money. The fund is right here. And they don't even have a deal yet. And they're out there lying about it like they have something going on. No term sheet, no deal. Nothing's done. OK. And some lawyers are crooked. I, have, I give them credit for these these scams. This guy's smart. Yeah, but the, that's why. The, but you're right. The media won't report on it because they know that that two billion dollars is coming right back to them. Yeah, they get the money in the end. So why should they? Yeah, you know that's the way it goes. Now you, I'm telling you, we got we got to do some sort of a, a, a super pack or something. I mean, we're missing uh, out on no, this whole not. thing. We knew it, saw it coming. Now forget about it. I like our model. I like it that people see value in what we do and support. Well, I got some valuable clips. Okay, what you got? Weird clip from Aaron Burnett. This is Aaron Burnett. This is a, you know. I was wondering if this is the same clip because I have a weird Aaron Burnett clip, too. I think this is the same clip. It's got to be. It's at a time when we all know there are major questions surrounding China's rise and whether it is an ally or an enemy of the United States. We got a taste of this discussion today when a Senate Armed Services Committee hearing on Capitol Hill commenced. Listen to Senator Lindsey Graham of South Carolina ask the Joint Chiefs Chairman if Chinese hacking into our defense would be considered a hostile act. I would consider it to be a crime. I think there are other measures that could be taken in cyber that would rise to the level of a hostile act. What would they be? Attacking our critical infrastructure. And that could be a hostile act? I think so. Allowing us to respond in kind? Well, in my view, that's right. So I'm going to have lunch with the vice president of China in about 20 minutes. (laughs) Uh, So what do you want me to tell him? Happy Valentine's Day. Okay, all right. Okay, I'll do that. <laughs> do you need to play the, the, the tag? That was the tag for as far as no, I was there's, concerned. No, there's 14 seconds left. <laughs> this is just the beginning of Xi Jinping's five-day trip to the United States. Yeah, all right. Yeah. That's funny. That wasn't that the clip wasn't I had. Clip, no, 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 no. Is your clip funnier than this? Um, well, it depends if you funny, ha-ha. Or no, f- funny, like, this is, like, idiotic that this clip exists and we're playing no. it because this is the kind of stuff you get on CNN. No, m- mine is funny in the way that uh, Aaron Burnett, uh, who I used to have the hots for, is a member of the Council on Foreign Relations and propagates lies. It's funny in that regard? Yeah, it's kind of funny. Okay, hit it. I'm Aaron Burnett, and out front tonight, Hot Rod Show and Tell. <laughs> That was it? No, that's just the that's just the beginning hot rod show until I mean, when I think of hot rod, I'm thinking I got a hot rod in my pants for you, Aaron Burnett. Yes, you heard me right. Hot rod. Iran today defiantly flaunting its first Iranian made nuclear rods. If Ar- I got, <laughs> can you help but think nuclear hot rod for you? I, I couldn't I couldn't help myself. Iran is going nuclear. This is a crucial step towards building a weapon. Mm. Now, a lot uh. of this, of course. Listen. Of course, is propaganda. And oh. wearing a white lab coat for the cameras, President Mahmoud Ahmadinejad was on hand at a Tehran nuclear facility as fuel rods were loaded into a nuclear reactor core. Now, nuclear rods contain the pellets of nuclear fuel. That's essential for a nuclear reaction. And while that was going on, Iran was also sharing some other news. It plans on producing yellow cake, which Whoa! is another step. To- yellow cake. Where have I heard that before? Mm, yellow cake from Africa. Uh, for what country was that? Uh, Iraq. Yeah. Enriching uranium to the 90% Holy Grail weapons grade level. Ooh. Now, 
Ahmadinejad, as we're all well aware, insists that Iran's nuclear program is for medical and peaceful purposes, i.e. nuclear power. But no one buys it. Not even the watchdog IAEA. She's lying. Everybody buys it, and all the intelligence agencies. But buy she's it. saying that the IAEA doesn't even buy it, which is not true. Their report says there's no evidence. That's a lie. The International Atomic Energy Association, and definitely not Washington or Tel Aviv. Well, that's for sure. The question is, have we reached a tipping point with Iran mm. where sanctions will not be enough to stop the country from getting a nuclear weapon? This is such a great piece of propaganda. A new Pew Research... Nobody Pew Research, watches it. Uh, well, listen, the Pew Research... Oh, yeah, I read says this most is a gem. Americans, 58%, would consider military action to prevent Iran from developing a nuclear weapon. All right, raise your hand if you if you want to bomb Iran for no reason. Come on, chat room, raise your hand. Are you part of the, you got to be, there's got to be 58% in the chat room. Oh, okay. absolutely. Iran says they don't have But how do we know? We need to get it right this time. Because we need to get, no, you're, 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 you're stepping on the words. Listen to what she says. But how do we know? We need to get it right this time. We need to get it right this time. This time. This time we need to get it right. Because no one will tolerate another Iraq. What? It was a lie. We all know Iraq was a lie. No one will tolerate another Iraq. So what she's saying is we have to lie better this time. <laughs> you because, to do a better job. Because no one will tolerate the lie that we propagated with Iraq. So we're going to do it better. And you know, we, this time we got satellite photos. That's what we messed up last time. Let's take a look at this map from the Center for Strategic and International Studies. It shows the many nuclear facilities in Iran. It's, it's, it's a map. It's like the Google Earth, and they drew some lines on it. Ooh, now, they ooh. also have this satellite image of the construction of one of Iran's nuclear facilities. Ooh. I just want you to look there in the middle. This is a before image, and you'll see what we've highlighted there. This is, these sad, this is the new this thing. This is bull crap. I don't even know. I mean, who's watching this show, A, and who's believing that? What, what is CNN doing with any of this stuff? The real good maps wouldn't be given to them. No, of course. Well, the what whole- is this? Well, no. this is so the meme is they're going to start show. This is what you got to look out for. Remember, I talked about maps. So now they're going to start showing maps, and it's going to be presented as truth. And it's basically just a fuzzy Google Earth image with uh, with lines drawn on it. Oh, look, look! This is the map. Here's the proof. They've got it. In the picture, you see a vehicle entrance ramp that goes. It's a parking garage, Aaron. Underground, right? That you. Now we'll show you the after image. Ooh. This is a photograph of the completion of the underground building. Ooh. And as you can see, the ramp has been covered with a dummy building. Ooh. Or maybe it's just an office on top. What could we do? What do we need to do? What do we need for these? I'll show you that building from another angle. What do we need? There um, it is. What do we need? How do we do CSIS that? CSIS says that there is a centrifuge, Ooh. which is used to make enriched uranium Ooh. underneath the ground. Oh, they've got bases underground. Well underneath the ground. Well underneath the and ground. And the truth is... We don't. The truth is, actually, know what's underground or where in Iran. But we're gonna make. Well, you wait. How do we have these maps if we don't know? Well, the truth is, we don't know. Why? No, because she just showed the map saying exactly what it was, and she's <laughs> the truth is we don't know. I know. This how so does great. that make any sense? Well, because whatever's underground, we got to bomb it the crap out of it. We've reported on this show that the United States thinks that to destroy the underground facilities in Iran would take thirty thousand pound bombs, which are called <laughs> massive ordnance penetrators. Or uh, we don't need any more of this. I have a massive ordnance penetrator for you, Aaron Burnett. <laughs> it's enough. a part of my hot rod. <laughs> Come on. This is a porn show she's running. This is a waste. This is great. I love it.
I love I have you, an Aaron. actual more interesting clip because it's even more bogus. <laughs> I can't be more bogus than that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Massive ordnance penetrator. <sighs> okay. Mine's the ABC report. This is from Good Morning America, which is your favorite network, ABC. Compromised. Uh, and a report from the Straits of Hormuz by some woman who is on the back end of an aircraft carrier. And they show a shot, by the way, of the Abraham Lincoln, and they're going through the Strait of Hormuz. The Abraham Lincoln is one gorgeous aircraft carrier. Mm. I would like to get some listeners onto that just to get some photos. But anyway. <laughs> With a T-shirt on. Now, we're watching Good Morning America. That's painful. Tell me about it. And and this is the report. And then tell me what's wrong with this report. Today, Iran denied any involvement in such attacks. ABC's Martha Raddatz is with U.S. naval forces near the crucial Strait of Hormuz in the Persian Gulf this morning. Martha? Good morning, Josh. From the very windy deck of the USS Starrett, we are the lead ship in a carrier strike group. That's the USS Abraham Lincoln just behind me, the massive aircraft carrier. There is another U.S. ship behind that. We are making our way through the Strait of Hormuz. Of course, Iran has threatened U.S. ships here in the past. It is about a 10-hour transit. The attacks in India and Georgia happened just hours before we entered the strait. All of the guns are manned here. They don't expect any trouble, but they have been on the lookout for small Iranian craft. The military commanders have stressed to us again and again that they want diplomacy to work here. They want those economic sanctions to work, but they are prepared for any contingency. Josh? Martha Raddatz in the Strait of Hormuz. Thank you for that. Meanwhile, in the race for president... (laughs) Okay. It wasn't as funny as Aaron Burnett. No, no, but Put this is more interesting on that mic. So this morning we've got, they're doing the show from New York, and I, I'm guessing it was probably shot around uh, 6 or 7 o'clock, but it could be 5.15 in the morning, mm-hmm. which would give us a live uh, broadcast at 8.15 here, although I think it's on delay, so it's probably more like more like 8. But even if you make that calculation, she is in Tehran area, which has got is not in the morning. It's like an hour away from sunset. There should be a sun on the horizon. And it's, it's like the sun is setting on at, at 546. I calculate she was there at 446. And how does it? Hi, good morning. Good morning. And if you listen to that whole package, that's a package. Yes. She wasn't conferging with this guy. It was like also it was like one of those phony recordings you get. It was completely staged. And she says goodbye. And she doesn't go back with any questions and no back and forth. You it think was, there yeah, would it was be prepackaged. Absolutely. It was a it was a fake report. I mean, the whole thing was just, it, it just and presented as though this was live news. That's what bothers me. So, a blog post from uh, someone who was uh, at ABC News. Uh, I'll read this to you. I was visiting ABC News the other day to see a friend who works on graphics. When I went to his room, he showed me all the graphics he was making in anticipation of the Israeli attack on Iran. Not just maps, but flight patterns, trajectories, and 3D models of U.S. aircraft carrier fleets. (laughs) (laughs) But what was most disturbing was that ABC and presumably other networks have been rehearsing these scenarios for over two weeks with newscasters and retired generals in front of maps talking about missiles and delivery systems. And at their news desks, the screens are emblazoned with this is a drill to assure that these uh, rehearsals don't go out on air. So I would say uh, whether it's wag the dog or not, they're actually going to do something. If ABC News, which, of course, we know is compromised, if they're on it like that, then it's going to happen. 
It's just well, we're watching, you know, there's no reason for Good Morning America to have some woman on the back of a battleship going through the Straits of Hermuz <laughs> doing a quote-unquote live report. It doesn't fit in with the, with the Good Morning America. It's Good Morning America. It's supposed to be like lively little news stories, pub, you know, human interest, dogs, the, the kennels show they had, you could have brought the Pekingese in and walked them around I mean there's a lot of things so when you start reporting this to the poor old ladies in the Midwest oh my god <laughs> it's yeah. just to scare the public I mean this is a setup and I think what you got that is the, the, the clip of the day is you talking about this guy with his uh, rig already doing the graphics because they'll have graphics ready on the go yeah, and uh, 3D models. Be, well, let's try to predict what it's going to be. I think it's, it would be uh, Israelis decided that building that Aaron was talking about. Yeah, let's just blow that up. Uh, Israel has five of those massive uh, ordnance penetrators. Do they? Yeah, that was in her report. I didn't finish the report because you got bored of it. It was very boring. It was, well, I think it's easier just to summarize. They got five of them, yeah. then they're going to use five of them. Yeah, <laughs> five massive ordnance penetrators. <laughs> okay, so we're being set up. The public's being set up for this this attack, which is probably going to take place, blowing up those buildings out in the middle of nowhere. And it was a wise move by Iran to move them out there so they don't put them in the middle of Tehran, which is where they bomb them. They don't care. And, uh, and then we're going to get all these reports. So that means the stock market. Ooh. Oh, I like how you're doing that. Yes, the stock market. Oh, yes. The stock market's going to tank. This is going to be a buy, and since it's in, right now, it's it's on a buying mode. It's, it's on an upswing. What do you think? Uh, this should we, if if we, you and I were running the world, should we coordinate this with the March twenty third uh, Greek uh, collapse? Well, that would really be cool if you really want. To see. The <laughs> that, problem is that would you really have to be, be careful cool. if you want to set the market back to get buying opportunities for quick money, mm -hmm. as opposed to ruining the market. Right. So a one two punch like that might be more than it can take. Um, I don't know, but this is this isn't good. <laughs> it's not good. No, but it's going to happen. I mean, ABC doesn't invest for two weeks in uh, putting together three D models of their ships, and it having... costs money. This is CG. This is Hollywood guys take months to do this stuff. Yeah, massive ordnance penetrators. Huh. Okay, well that's good. Everyone out there's been warned. You've been listening to the show this long. We always put some good stuff at the end. I did have one clip that was kind of. Uh, it was kind of an eye roller. And this is interesting because, you know, everyone always says John Stewart is the only source of news, you know, on TV. And he actually did a split screen interview, a serious one with a congresswoman named Slaughter, who's the one behind the Stock Act. Right. This is to stop uh, senators Insider and trading in, in Congress. Right. And she dropped a little bomb in here that I went, oh, you're kidding me. You and see if you can catch it. You were the sponsor original sponsor uh, of the Stock Act. We wrote the bill. You wrote the bill that was attempting to stop Congress people from being able to profit from inside right. information. And their staff. And their staffs. Uh, when did you uh, introduce this? In 2006, uh, a young reporter at the Wall Street Journal, uh, Brody Mullins, uh, was doing a wonderful job on it, and that's how I found out about it. Uh, we were not aware of it until uh, someone in Tom DeLay's office, his chief of staff, had been doing day trading on uh, government computers all day long. So, he was, uh, he was doing day trading. Uh -huh. <laughs> he was working in Congress while doing yes. day trading. Yes. 
And it wasn't just anybody. It was this chief, chief of, of staff. staff. <laughs> Day trading. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. They're all doing that. Hold on a second, what man. What a bunch of crooks. When you see them looking at their Blackberry, it's like, oh, crap, I got to go sell. Got to go sell this <laughs> sell stuff. Buy. Oh, man. Meanwhile, up in Canada, I always want to, uh, when there's something crazy going on in Canada, I want to give a shout out to our northerners there. Uh, who, of course, we know that the three terrorists per day come through the Canadian border. They're all terrorists up there. Uh, so now uh, the government wants to uh, basically replicate ours, and you know they want to uh, do away with privacy and basically snoop on your email and make sure that they know what you're doing online. And uh, the uh, the douchebag who uh, who <laughs> what is his name? Uh, the guy who's in this clip. Uh, screw it. Uh, the chat room will know. Oh, actually, I think it says it in the clip. Uh, he he basically he basically uses a variation of George Bush's. You are either with the terrorists or you are against us. Question period in which Vic Taves, uh, the Minister of Public Safety, said this: We are proposing to bring measures to bring our laws into the 21st century and provide police with the lawful tools that they need. He can either stand with us or with the child pornographers. Yay. (laughs) You got two choices, buddy. You're either with us or you're with the the child pornographers. Vic Toes, (laughs) T-O-E-W-S. What a douchebag. Give him a douchebag. Douchebag. Isn't that great? (laughs) You're either with us or you're with the child pornographers. Yeah, that's a George Bushism. So breaking news today as we get out. Uh, now it looks like they're going to subpoena the White House over uh, Solyndra. And I don't know if you saw, it's in the, uh, it's in the show notes. I don't know if you saw that uh, uh, the, uh, Dem- the Republican National Committee, the RNC, that's what it is. They uh, put out a poster, which is beautiful. It's a big-ass poster of all the connections between Obama and, um, uh, and, the, and you know, the, uh, the American Reinvestment Act. And it's really is re- they get a copy of that. Yeah, it's in the show notes uh, at three eight three dot and uh, I'll just I can bring it up if you're if you're interested. Uh, but what's what's cool is remember we talked about the guy Steve Spinner. He was at the Mevio offices once, and he's Vaguely. like because the thing is all these guys are Silicon Valley venture guys, and Steve Spinner, uh, his wife works for Wilson Sonsini. And, oh. and yeah, who put the deal together? <laughs> and so that was like a two point five billion dollar deal. So all these guys, you know, they all got paid off for uh, for basically putting money into Obama's first campaign, and uh, and they got it all back on the back end with this uh, with the American Reinvestment Act. And now the Republicans are saying, hey, we're gonna we're 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 giving the White House one opportunity today, basically, to say, okay, we'll show up, we'll testify, no problem. Otherwise, they're gonna subpoena everybody. And uh, this is what the White House insider has been predicting: that Fast and Furious is nothing compared to this. That this will outrage the American people when they find out that all this money that was supposed to go back into the economy was actually just spent on uh, people who donate. Because Steve Spinner was a huge bundler; he bundled millions of dollars for the Obama campaign. I know because I met the guy. So it's a huge scandal, and maybe they'll get it together. He's also on the Tiger team. He's Obama-Biden transition project. The Tiger team. Ooh, I love that. And here's Gene Sperling, who was on the National Economic Committee. This is uh, he was. He's been in uh, government. I don't think he's had a real job. 
Uh, it sounds like he it's the guy from Star Trek, but it's not. That was someone else who wrote Star Trek. Wasn't Gene, Gene Gene Roddenberry? Yeah, I don't know what Gene Sperling sounds like a science fiction writer name, and it might as well be because he lets a little ditty slip. See if you can catch this one. He's talking about what has to be done, what we have to do to fix the economy, and he is the on he's the big guy on the board of advisors for the economy for our president. Corporate tax reform that would reduce ex- expenditures and loopholes, lower rates for people investing. And creating jobs in the U.S., do so further for manufacturing, and that we need to, as we have the Buffett rule and the individual tax reform, we need a global minimum tax so that people have the assurance <laughs> that, that nobody is escaping doing their fair share as part of a race to the bottom. <laughs> global minimum tax. I think he didn't mean global. It sure sounded like global. Well, he said global. But I think he meant global in the local sense. No, because like everybody in the country. No, listen to his explanation. Or or having our tax code actually subsidize and facilitate people moving uh, their funds to uh, tax havens. So he's talking about uh, he's talking about money moving out of the country. So he did absolutely mean a global minimum tax. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a good catch. It's horrible is what it is. Well, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Should we do one fun one to get out? I don't know. Do I have a fun? I have one left. What is it? I got a a fun one. I got a... I have a fun one that's... uh, Oh, this one I want to do just before anyway. I've been watching current TV to just torment myself even more. No, don't tell me you're watching Chunk. I'm watching Chunk, and Chunk, this is a very interesting, Chunk was, I was, why is this guy so depressed? Chunk is very depressed about what he's about to tell you. Oh, no. Uh, and it's, and I, and it, it, he looked very bothered by the whole thing for the rest of the show, but this information, I think, was more than his liberal brain could absorb, and it disturbed him. I would hope that the country would be principled and that it would not uh, rely on whether it's a Democratic president or a Republican president to judge those actions. Unfortunately, that has not always been the case. Washington Post ABC News poll saying that 77% of liberals endorse the use of drone strikes. Now, you could argue for drone strikes, uh, but when you talk about drone strikes that are targeted at U.S. citizens without due process, that should be an open and shut case. Everybody should be against that. Unfortunately, that is not the case. Uh, 58% of Democrats approve and 55% of so-called liberals approve of drone strikes <laughs> on U.S. citizens abroad uh, without any rights, due process, or trial. Uh, and that is really disturbing. Yeah. Really, Chunk? Yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> Very disturbing. And those are your liberals. <laughs> but, but you know, he's only, he's only disturbed for one reason, is he knows that he's not going to be the host of Win, Loser, Drone. <laughs> he's like, oh, man, the Curry got that gig already, man. All right. Uh, just a couple things. to. I mean, I didn't even get to the, uh, the metal boxes, uh, the UFO sightings and the metal boxes. Didn't get to any Ooh, of that. Yeah. Save that for the next show. I'll, Sunday is perfect. I'll save that for Sunday along with NASA's plans for deep space outposts, i.e. moon bases. Uh, what I do need to mention is um, Christine Lagarde uh, announced that Bob Zillick, uh, who is the uh, World Bank president, uh, is stepping down. Uh, of course, and he's a Goldman Sachs guy, obviously, duh. And um, 
I initially thought, oh, so it's true. Hillary's going to become the president of the World Bank. But that, of course, is not what's going to happen. And this, this is why she's stepping down. Because Bill Clinton is going to become the president of the World Bank. Ooh. Because as U.S. Secretary of State, she would actually have to bar Bill from taking that job. Because, you know, the, the, that's, that's actually kind of in her mandate that the World Bank, it can't all be America. So she, as, so she has to step down so, she can, so there can be no collusion or whatever. And that's why she's stepping down. And Bill Clinton... Well, That's why she looks so ragged. Yeah, she's, she's pissed very off. upset by she's this. She's pissed off about all this, yeah. Yeah, she looks like crap. She's not keeping herself up. She's at the United Nations just sitting around mulling stuff over. She thinks she's getting screwed in this deal. Well, also, you need, uh, she has to take care of the baby in the middle of the night. Yeah, she's doing the five. probably she's, a problem. She's doing well, the 5 a.m. constantly. She looks like she hasn't been getting a lot of sleep. She's doing the 5 a.m. feeding. They're trying. <laughs> I don't know why these things are dry. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, so that's a little prediction you can look out for. Um, and on the vaccine front, uh, pediatricians fed up with parents who refuse to vaccinate their children out of concern it can cause autism or other problems are firing such families from their practices, according to the Wall Street Journal. So uh, if you don't uh, take the shot, then uh, then th- this doctor will say, I'm firing you. No longer my patient. Go away. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow, well, was right. And I'm not against vaccines. I think polio is good. We got a couple others. What else do we have? Some good vaccines. Smallpox. Smallpox. Which they don't give anymore. Yeah. But diphtheria. The diphtheria is not a good thing. You no, don't want that. No. And how about that HPV thing? I don't think that's too good. No diphtheria. You don't want to catch. You want the shot. Finally, if all goes to hell in a handbasket, and you and I can no longer do this program, John, I would like to recommend a place where we should uh, go work. Yeah. TSA. Yeah, they're hiring. Yeah. And you know why? Because of this stuff. Call this sexual harassment at our airport. Oh, absolutely. Okay, you're heading to your meeting? Terrell and her husband flew out of DFW Airport several months ago. And they selected me to wait in the over in the area for the body scanners. Carol says she didn't think much about what the female TSA agent said until later. She says to me, do you play tennis? <laughs> and I said... Um, No, why? And she said, you just have such a cute figure. (laughs) Carol says she walked into the machine like any of us would. It scanned her, created an image like this one, which a TSA agent in another room sees. But then the female agent stopped her. And she goes, wait, wait, hold on. No, we didn't get it. So Carol says the agent sent her back in for a second scan. But that wasn't good enough. She's talking in her little microphone and she said, come on, guys. She's like, all right, all right, one more time. After the third time, Carol says even the agent seemed frustrated with her co-workers in the other room. She's talking in her microphone and she's like, it is not blurry. I'm letting her go. And she says, come on out. It was very embarrassing. Carol now believes she knows why TSA agents wanted one more look. You think there was a party going on back there? No doubt. (laughs) No doubt. No doubt there was guys, plural. She said, guys, it's not blurry. Come on, guys. That's enough. In a pat-down situation, only women are allowed to touch female passengers. But TSA allows male agents to view these images of female passengers. (laughs) That's my gig, man. That is the gig for us, John. Yeah, I know. It sounds like a winner. (laughs) There's a party going on back here, baby. Yay! No, they're doing that. I mean, why wouldn't they? Especially the girls are absolutely unbelievably hot. Do you play tennis? 
It's blurry. Center in again. So unless you want us looking at your scoos, support the show. Because that's where I'm headed, baby. <laughs> Dallas-Fort Worth. I can migrate north. I can live in Dallas. No problem. There's a little airport in Boston. <laughs> Boston? <laughs> Austin. Oh, Austin. Yeah. Yeah, Austin. You know the town that you have a house yeah, around but, there? Yeah, but the party's in Dallas-Fort Worth. That's what the, that's yeah. what the party's going on, Let's man. start a new party club over there. Yeah. TSA party. Love it. All right, everybody, you can find everything in the show notes, 383.nashownotes.com. Remember to support this program to keep us on the air two days a week, Dvorak.org slash NA. Coming to you from Camp Mofo here in the capital of the Drone Star State, where I'm going completely generic in the morning, everybody. I'm Adam Curry. And uh, generic or not, I'm from Northern Silicon Valley, or that's where I'm residing, or that's where I'm broadcasting from. I'm not sure what the deal is. I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll be back on Sunday with plenty more media assassination analysis right here on No Agenda. Dvorak.org slash N-A